It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. All right. Here we go. It's these knobs, man. I'm telling you. Fidgeting with these knobs. Tough. We are back. We're back in the studio. Uh, for you live people, sorry to bounce you around from uh, YouTube to live stream, but the YouTube deal just wasn't cutting it for us today. So we're back on the old standard live stream. We'll get it sorted. We'll get it sorted one day, and then everything will be good. And, uh, you know, you won't have to pay such close attention to where we're going to be. It is like a secret. It's like a, a secret meetup. It's like a Kanye West show. It we're is. like, we're only going to just, I'll tell you 20 minutes before, but not earlier, because you can't plan for it. And that way, you can't have too many people. But this actually does last longer than a Kanye West show. Those are like 20 minutes now. He rants for 18 minutes, <laughs> sings the same song twice, and then walks off the stage. Yeah. So, and so hopefully this is a little bit better than the Kanye show. Honestly, if you buy a ticket to a Kanye show, you deserve that. Ooh, harsh words from Bev right out of the gate. Yeah, fact. He's a genius. Right out of the gate, Bev is like, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw down some controversy. Some Kanye-versy. Con- oh, Kanye-versy. Well, Kanye-versy. That should be an album of his. An Kanye-versy? album title, Kanye-versy. Ooh. <laughs> if he comes out with another one. If he comes out with another one. I think he has no choice, doesn't he? Isn't his wife pregnant with twins or something? No, no, that's the, um, that's the other one. That's Um, the other power couple in rap? Yeah, bouncy. Oh, okay. Did you see that terrible picture of her? (laughs) Like, how full of herself is she to like, do you know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? You've seen it? Oh, I've seen it. How do you not know? I I thought you were seeing it. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Yeah, Bev, pull it up. Hold up. (laughs) It's, I mean, for those of you out there who, who aren't, who, who Bev doesn't have, um, it's, thank you. There we go. Welcome to the show, Beverly. Uh, <laughs> pretty much phonetically, I think. Yeah. You probably type anything. It's like, a, it's like, a, like a wall of flowers and she's like in a bikini or something with a veil and she's showing her, her big giant twin pregnancy belly or something. I didn't even know she was pregnant again. Yeah, she's I'm twins. Pregnant. It's not as good as the Jay-Z one that they made of that same thing. <laughs> no, that, it's not. yes, that meme is fantastic. That's pretty good. <laughs> But it's like, how full of yourself do you have to be? And that's your that's your pregnancy like poster, or photo, or whatever, like your announcement. Yeah, I mean, I it, mean goes, it sounds weird. You know, you're, you're not going to find that idea on Pinterest. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight awesome pregnancy announcements that'll blow him away. All right, I'm pretty sure he knows. First oh, of all. God. Right? <laughs> it's kind of atrocious. No, I mean, that's, that looks like it's from 1992. It does, right? My favorite part is she's only like three months pregnant. <laughs> I was going to say, wait. I know. She's going to oh, explode. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it have that soft glow, too? Like that magic touch-up glow? That, like, yes, it filter, does. That, yeah. like, soft blurring filter. It's <laughs> beautiful. Hide her cellulite. It's terrible. Why is she wearing a veil? I don't know. God Why bless her and Mr. Carter. <laughs> I have no idea. What are you looking for? Uh, the pink headphone. Beyonce's oh, okay. clothes. <laughs> yeah, Beyonce's shirt. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty weird, but uh, <clears throat> how did we get on that? No idea. But Kanye. Power oh, couple. okay. 
Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Our show today is pretty cool. Not only do we have our first in-studio uh, guest, but we have a returning guest, uh, Kyle, our friend or former Imagineer, uh, who's coming on today to talk to us about some pretty cool stuff, um, which is pretty much the process that it takes to bring an attraction in Disneyland to life. Hello, Kyle. Hello. Hello. You know, Hello. I, I bought a microphone just for you to come in to do this. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. I figured... You didn't just steal one from the old studio? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I tried. Yeah. It's all good. Lock the doors. <laughs> They're coming. Um, anyway, before we get uh, onto that, find us, you know, iTunes, rate us on iTunes, do that, uh, and then someday we'll actually check those, and that'll be cool. Um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, it's a good option to follow us, or it's a good idea, because um, if in the event that this happens again, you'll you'll be kept up to date as to where we're going to be, what platform we're going to be broadcasting on, and what time it'll start. And I think that'll be good for you, it'll be good for me, and uh, it'll probably be good for the rest of the world. Uh, any feedback you have goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. You can send compliments to Terrence. Terrence, spell your name, please. T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E. At earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi, hi. to Bev at earsup-podcast.com. Anything else comes to me. I'm Jason. Uh, or there's a feedback form on the website. You can just do that, too, in case you don't want to remember. Is there a hyphen after two Ps or one? I don't. Is there a, a ears with a Z? Uh, people are weird. <laughs> People have a really hard time emailing me. I've they since really we, do. Since we started this show, yeah. I think I've got I, I've received three direct feedbacks. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, I know our friend Clayton has a problem emailing. Is it Clayton yeah. or is it someone? Else? No, it was Clayton. Me, that he he he's like I can't email Taryn. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did you block him? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I forgot he was in the chat. Sorry. Clayton. No, I didn't block Clayton. I wish yes. we could make a, a show like Martin, but a Clayton spinoff. <laughs> Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking it. about, Clayton? No, like anyway. none of the children listening and probably even some of the parents even know what you're talking what about. What Martin is? Yeah. Martin. One of the best shows of all time. Let's, that was one with Gina, let's slow right? down. Yes. Oh, sure. so good. Let's slow down right there. Okay. So good. 227 was was much better. 227 was a great show. Actually, I loved that show. I don't know what I that show is. I'm lost. With Jackie <laughs> Harris. And yeah, man, that was a good show. I've been watching Mary Tyler Moore lately. All right, it's a really good show. It's no Golden Girls. It's kind of better. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Um, don't forget, uh, on our website, we not only have shows you can download and listen to, but uh, we also have blog posts, uh, like our Disney Animated Classics Review, and Beverly has officially finished hers. I haven't published it it's yet. It's done. She's done. It's done. What were your thoughts on the, uh, what was it, the nine carboneras? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, uh, the three caballeras. It's, it's yeah. Not Ella. There you go. Because <laughs> we're stupid. Uh, I, I watched it. We. Yeah, go ahead. Twice. You watched it twice? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, good. If, I had to rent it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so you want some money? No. Yeah. No, it's fine, but... I mean, read just read the review. I mean... Read the review. Read the review, yeah. Okay. I don't... I don't... 
know. I don't have anything nice to say, so read the review. <laughs> oh. It's funny because... And I tried very hard to not come across as just hating every second of it in the review. Yeah. Well, the anniversary, I think it's like the 45th anniversary or whatever of the release of that movie. It, it wasn't. It wouldn't be 45th, but it just happened like a couple of days ago. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to recommend that people go rent it? I don't. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but I, interesting. part of the blog does say... I added on to the end. That movie has an 88% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so maybe I'm missing something. That you, that has a better rating, way better rating than like Night at the Roxbury. You mean that that movie is better than Night at the Roxbury, which has like a, an 11% rating? I don't know why I know that. 11%? I don't, I don't 11%. Why is it so low? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's Night at the Roxbury. 88%. There you go. But, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. My mind was blown. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's funny because you go to like Disney World, and I guess there's some parades in Disneyland that have they're bringing those characters, you mm-hmm. know, back. And and we kind of talked about this on the show where uh, why don't they, you know, reach into the vault and use some of their old things? Well, I guess they are, but yes. <laughs> are kind have of, you been on the Mexican boat r- ride cruise? Yes. Yeah. Well, in Disney World. At Disney World, yeah. yes. Yeah. With the three caminaros. Yeah. Yep. That's an amazing addition to that attraction. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cute, but I've never seen the movie. It's exceptional. <laughs> Don't. I bet I bet that the uh, the boat cruise is better than the movie, even from your explanation. <laughs> Honestly, I, I struggled a lot with the movie. Like it, it, it didn't follow any sort of a, a storyline. You should you it should watch a video of the boat cruise. Just the most <laughs> insane sporadic thing I've ever seen. I thought it was a documentary to start off. Like I was so confused. <laughs> but I think no. I think that was movie making. It then. was. I think yeah, this and, was. And it I was kind too, of like. And I do too, and that's why I was really trying not to be so harsh about it. But at yeah. the end, I was just like. Oh my God, that is an hour I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Two hours, I watched it twice. Two hours, I'm never going to get Why did you back. watch it again? Just out of because curiosity. I watched it the first time and I literally went to write about it and couldn't remember anything about it because I was like doing my nails and like washing dishes. Like I was literally looking for things to do. Well, was on. Then watch so, the, then sit down and pay attention. Yeah, because in your mind, you can't pause it and do those other things until no, you get back into the mind. Just, You're like, I know I have to watch this, but I'm not going to like it. It just didn't keep my, I tried. It yeah. did, there was one cute little short story in there that I thought was cute. Yeah. Everything else did not hold my attention. Okay. Did Abby watch it? No. Oh. It was on. But she was like, <laughs> I'm going to play with my ponies. <laughs> like, it. I feel you. Uh, All right. Nothing. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, it's uh, that's fine. That's the point of this. It's just I'm. I was curious. But this is my opinion. If this Please comes don't across, send yeah. me hate mail. Like you love this movie. That's great, it's and I'm happy favorite, for you. The but plastic. it was not my jam. Yeah. Well, again, that that's the point of this. Is like, do these things kind of hold up the way we tell stories now? No is the answer <laughs> that we find more often than not, but it's still good to kind of, you know, get get grounded a little bit. Um, support great radio like this. Go to our Amazon link. Do your Amazon shopping from there. You can find that on earsup-podcast.com. Uh, you can sign up to be a reoccurring donor on PayPal or uh, probably better for you, if you like stuff, go to patreon.com slash earsup. Uh, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You sign up for tiers. It's essentially a crowdfunding site where every month you can you can renew your your subscription level and you get some cool stuff. We're gonna do a secret show, or we we are doing a secret show. Uh, we're gonna be recording that after this show. But if you're a Patreon supporter, you get to listen to that. If you're not, 
unfortunately, you don't get to listen to it. That might be good for you, might be bad for you. We don't <laughs> we don't really know, but it's kind of cool. Uh, so check it out. You also get uh, you know depending on the level you sign up, you get some photos in your inbox, you get uh, drawing in your real actual literal inbox um, and you get our undying love and, and support and appreciation for helping to keep us on the air and uh, helping us uh, eventually upgrade from these friggin knobs to actual like sliders with mute buttons and a whole thing we're going to have a whole thing one day we're going to be a thing we're going to be huge it's going to be great <laughs> One day. One day. Uh, you can also buy Cove Ears. Go to getcoveears.com and learn about the, the best ways to customize your Mickey Mouse hats. By the way, speaking of that, I just today registered. We will officially be at D23 this year in July. So yeah. thank you very much. Thank you very we much. as Cove Ears. We as Cove Ears. Not just like going. We're going to have a table. Right, we're going to have a table. It's uh, $1,500. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Plus... Don't ever start a business, anyone, ever. <laughs> With your it's own money. It's just not a good idea, ever, it's, especially if you live in California. Uh, well, that that's true. Um, but it's a three-day event, right? So that means we have to stay at least four nights in a hotel because it's Thursday night. And then we set up, and then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, nine to seven every all three days. Oh. Then you break down, which our booth is going to be kind of light, and then... We're like, we're going to drive home after after going working nine to seven on the floor. No one's going to drive home six nope. hours. So we have to no. stay there next. So, so after seven, are you guys going to go to the park? Yes. Probably. Yeah. No, we're going to go to Carthay. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be in a park. Right. Yeah, I know. I got you. Yeah. Um, so check us out. I don't know our booth number, uh, but I think I tried to get us around the. Um, Walt Disney Birthplace Museum or whatever. So, you know, as it gets closer, we'll, we'll let you guys know more. But uh, definitely come by the Cubbiers booth and uh, and say hi to us and, you know, hang out. We'll be there as Cubbiers mainly, but maybe we'll sneak a, a tiny ears up banner or something like that and, you know, incorporate like a foot space <laughs> of our of our booth. But uh, that'll be cool. I know that our friends from Ozel Soto is going to be there. Um, uh, I, uh, one of the guys from uh, the Van Eaton Galleries. I think we talked to Mike was his name. I thought I it think was like it, Jim or something. I can't remember saying on top of my We head. shouldn't something have talked like about it. Until no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. But the Van Eaten Galleries are going to, they have a 40 by 40 booth and a 10 by 10 booth. Like wow. they have a giant, like. They are D23. That's yeah, what it's much, like yeah. to have money. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they sell things that are like $1,000. For sure. And you go, okay. Several thousand. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that'll be cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, support have you our, never been, sorry, to interrupt no, you. Never, never been. been. Okay. It's every other year, too, which is kind of weird. Okay. I mean, I guess it's not that weird, but... Um. Well, they do it every year. It's just not in California every year. Oh, where's the... Uh it's in... Uh, well, I think last time they did it in Hong Kong, or was it Japan? They did one of them in Hong Kong. It's, it's somewhere... Wow. It was in Asia last, last year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm glad... Because we tried to sign up last year, and they're like, oh, we don't do it, but I'm glad that we didn't accidentally sign up for... China. <laughs> for well, yeah, China. Because you can't cancel. If you if you cancel before like a certain date, you only get a, your, like half your money back. You don't even get like your full your full refund. So we would have definitely been out. Uh, support our friends. Go to uh, our homepage about us, and we have a friends of yours up page, and uh, it's just a list of everybody that's kind of helping us out uh, along the years, plural. Um, and you know, if you want, if you like uh, good people, they have good stuff to say. So you know, check that stuff out. Okay, Taryn, feedback us, please. Okay, uh, first one is from Tyler. 
Hello, Tyler. Greetings. First, let me say my wife and I are self-proclaimed Diz nerds, residing 80 miles outside of Phoenix, Arizona, and eat up anything and everything Disney. I'm an avid podcast listener of many mediums, but my wife is not. I can get her to listen to only one podcast anytime we drive our minivan together, and that one podcast is Ears Up. There we go. (laughs) I I love your wife. Um, we've been loyal listeners of your podcast for three years now and binge listen wow. to your shows uh, during long road trips to kill the time. Our entire family loves your podcast. Our three children absolutely adore the introduction music, which needs to be a phone ringtone. I will email it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my wife and I can't get enough of the uh, history of each ride, Disney movie reviews, uh, Taryn's stinks, and of course, uh, Jason's non-apologetic yet hilarious rants on the actions of other park goers. <laughs> we must say thank you for providing such an enjoyable time and avenue of bonding of our family with your podcast. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, I forgot how nice that was. That's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> you forgot. I did. I forgot like that. Like someone cared that much to say a lot of nice things in one time. Yeah, it's nice. That is good. Uh, the reason I'm writing is uh, on one of your recent podcasts. You state you stated about a live 100th episode to be held uh, later this year. My wife and I are celebrating our 10th anniversary in May and are trying to figure out how to celebrate. One of our ideas is to make a trip to see Ears Up Live and meet the cast. I know plans are still in the works, but if you have any idea as to a decent time frame that this may occur and location, as per the location, only city is uh, needed. On a related note, do you guys plan to be at the D23 Expo later this summer? No. (laughs) I never heard of it. It's in Hong Kong. It's in Hong Kong. Start walking. Um, And that's it. So, okay. so as for the hundred, who, who is that? I'm sorry, this was uh, Tyler. 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 Uh, yes, we'll be at D23. Tyler, when did, was this email sent? January thirteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't think we had announced the hundredth episode yet. Uh, November eleventh, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen mm-hmm. in downtown Disney. Yep. Uh, it will start at eleven thirty in the morning to one thirty in the afternoon with an hour to meet and greet and take photos with us and all the things. And, Autographs. You know, a variety will be there <laughs> to do some interviews yeah. with oh us boy. afterwards, like pre-show kind of cool downs, and we need a, you know, a massage and stuff <laughs> right. like that. Understandable, yeah. Yeah. Um, tickets will be on sale um, shortly. I, I'll, I'll probably put that link up this week. Um just to see. I don't know. I mean, because uh, I don't know. I, I say it all the time. I don't think anybody's going to show up. But I think, but so I'm like, I, why don't we just, I want I want to give everybody a, as much time as possible to, to, to buy tickets. I'll give them eight months if I, you know, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I am, I think, or nine months yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, because I just think it'll take that long to sell 50 tickets. That's all we're selling? The, the, the space has a capacity of 65 people. Okay. Um, and we have a crew and our families and a couple other people that I'm comping. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so I think like 50, I think 50 tickets. Um, I think we're doing kids under 12 are free or kids mm-hmm. under 12 are 10 bucks or something like that instead of the 40 bucks it's going to be for everybody else. Um, cause it's, it costs money to rent that space, but I think it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's probably the coolest space in downtown Disney to rent. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Well, and also I think because it's going to be on that balcony, like other people are going to be like, what's going on up there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. kind of neat. It's We're a cool spot. Out and I'm so excited. Like, yeah. I'm already so, so excited. It's going to be fun, dude. It's going to be a good time, everybody. We should also note, too, that if you are planning on doing this and if you are traveling out, it is also a Disney run weekend. So hotels 
I wouldn't say they're limited, but they're it's it's a little hard limited. to find a, yeah. a good priced one. <laughs> yeah, the um all the all the resort hotels are four hundred bucks a night already and up. Yeah. So uh you know, you may not be staying there, but stay somewhere. There's yeah, other ho- I've looked around. There's other hotels that are um decently priced in, in the area. And I think as, yeah. as actually I think as the date gets closer, it'll get the better. hotels will get better. I think so too. Because I think a lot of them hold back. And then they they uh, like some of them are saying they have no rooms available. There's no way it's booked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they'll release a few more. Just just check it often. Mm. Yeah. Well, and also like what I do a lot with hotels mm-hmm. is I'll just book them as long as I can cancel it. Mm-hmm. And I know and I know I'm not the only one that does that. Oh, so I do it lots of people cancel it, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden those are available. So. So what you're saying is you're the problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How many rooms are you booking? 500 rooms. I'll just block also, up for a weekend. I think with a lot of websites, you can also set up um, notifications. Like if, you, if there's a hotel you really enjoy, yeah. you can yeah. set up notifications and it'll tell you if the price goes down or whatever. Mm. So yeah. that's also something you could do. All right. Cool. Well, anyway, get a room. Get a room, people. <laughs> and uh, come hang out. I'll, I'll put all that information online. But uh, yes, we have to limit tickets, unfortunately. <laughs> That's just, uh, you know, hey, in our 200th episode in eight years or whatever it took us to get three and a half, another three and a half years, uh, we'll try to rent a bigger space. Yeah. But honestly, if it works out and people kind of dig it, maybe we can come down for like another special event or something, like make it like once a year thing. Yeah. With 50 tickets, I think you're going to sell out, personally. Yeah. Mostly yeah, I think you are. I say the first day. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yes, you're gonna I post do. that. I think I honestly think that if anyone's thinking about, it, they should get them right away because yeah. you're probably gonna just sell out quick, quicker than you think. Yeah. Well, that's what I think too, but well, that's not what I think. I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, it's hope. not. I've had this conversation. With you. That's not <laughs> no, literally not what I think literally, at all. It was a. It was 15 minutes of him being like, "But do you really think anybody's gonna go?" Yes. Like, <laughs> but it seems like it seems like every it. yeah, and it seems like every episode you have someone who's saying, "I'm gonna go." Yeah. Yeah, that's what I keep telling him too. But then every conversation, but but really. Is somebody really going to spend 40 bucks to come see us? We're schmucks. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. I guess will. we'll find out. <laughs> they will. I uh, I hope so. I hope so. Tony, first man, first day. And then Blobber said he'll be outside uh, scalping tickets as well. <laughs> 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 Blobber's going to buy 49. Exactly. <laughs> I tell you, we are going to have a good um, Canadian contingent. I know our yeah. friends from uh, yep. Regina are going to come down, supposedly, uh, Jeff and, the, and his family. And yep. then um, Blobber's going to be there, too, yep. as well. And um, I so think what? those are the only two people that live in Canada. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I think. It's like Vancouver with like all the, the expat, American expats. And then it's mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, Jeff and his family and Blobber and his family mm-hmm. and uh, that's, it. that's it. And there's about 900 miles in between the two of them. Yeah, I'm just yeah. wilderness. And then in the middle, there's you have the senators and you have the Toronto Maple Leaves. <laughs> All of them. All of them, and that they just hang out. They just skate each other <laughs> over right. and uh, in perpetual. Oh, I thought you meant literal leaves. No, the Toronto Maple Leaves. Anyway, love Guru, love Guru. No, okay. No, Uh, Kyle, my friend. uh, We've only done one feedback. Oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Kyle, my friend. You're gonna have to wait. He's still here. We've only done one feedback. That's fine. You do more. All right, go ahead, please, Karen. Continue. Uh, This next one is from Matthew, and the subject is your show is like comfort food for my ears. (laughs) Um, Good day, ears up, crew, and hi, Bev. Hi. I wanted to send <laughs> I wanted to send you a big thank you for your feedback segment. I found your show about two weeks ago and I've listened to at least one show every day since. I'm going through your show archives like 
it's like like it's a Terrence uh, churro challenge. <laughs> oh boy! I really have enjoyed listening to you guys. I've been going to Disneyland every year, if I'm lucky, two times since 2015. I live about 15 hours away in Oregon, um, and I went many times as a child. Since I don't get to the parks as often as I would like, I love to hear others discuss Disneyland and DCA. Terrence can have his opinion that DCA is better. It's okay to be wrong. Smiley face. <laughs> uh, it makes me a little uh, like I'm back in the park, and that makes me happy. Uh, like like on a small vacation in my mind. Uh, keep thinking and stinking, Taryn. It's great. Keep doing you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, see you in the parks. P.S. Jason, living in Oregon, we have access to a great many fine beers, but how can I get Cigar City Brewing beer up my way? I would love to try it. Uh, that's a good question. First of all, thank you for the feedback. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's no legal way. They don't distribute in yeah, Oregon? They don't. They barely distribute here in California. Um, So you could probably, I hate saying it, but you can get like on some forums or whatever. I'm sure there's people willing to trade. uh, A lot of the great beer you have up in Oregon, I'm sure that they're willing to trade uh, for. So, um, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah, I guess you, well, what you can do is you can contact Cigar City. And you can ask them, hey, I'm in Oregon and I want some beer. How do I do it? And they'll be able to tell you if it's legally possible or not. It's also just the best way, too, to just let them know that there's a desire for their beer in Oregon. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Next one is from Rich. Hi, Ears Up crew. How are you? Perfect. Doing well. Pretty good. Rich, how are you? My yeah. back hurts a little. I am fine. Yeah, I'm a little tired, but um, it's, a little, it's a little claustrophobic. It's a little sweaty it's in a here. It's humid. Here. But otherwise, I, I mean, I can't complain, yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. I am fine. <laughs> Just a quick note about our last trip to the park. My family and I bought annual passports for the first time after listening to an old episode of your pod driving home from Santa Rosa. Having passes has opened up the parks in so many ways. We've noticed and seen so many new things that uh, make a trip something more. Uh, This time we saw the music machine, and he puts a question mark, in the Penny Arcade. Do you guys know what the music machine is? It's that big uh, standing orchestra in the back. Oh, yeah, Plays yeah, music yeah. every few minutes. You still okay. like, ask what song you want it to play. Oh, like you know? a one-man band kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of like, like a, that, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, he says, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Like I tell others, we look up and around and not just run to the next ride. Heck, last time we were there, uh, we only went on two rides. Looking forward to the 100th show and get-together. My family and I will be there. Oh, jeez. As always, your friend, Rich Inventura. As always, <clears throat> yeah, uh, man, come, come, come up, down, uh, down. Where's he? She's in Ventura. Yeah, he's, no, he's in Santa Rosa. Is that what he said? Oh yeah, he did say Santa Rosa. Yeah, so go down. But then he said Rich in Ventura. I think he's a liar. We'll he see. sounds like a liar. <laughs> we'll see you around, buddy. Yeah, his name is Bertha, and he lives in Utah. So he's throwing us off the scent. If he likes the music machine, he should check the one out in the train station on Main Street. There's oh. a little 10-cent one in the train station, kind of. If you walk in, it's on your right, and it's at the end. And that one's awesome. And they uh, they keep that thing in top, pristine shape. So I don't even think I've seen that I don't, one. I have yeah, not just, seen that one. Just sticking a dime cool. next time you're there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Who has change on that? I know. I was going to say, do they take credit cards? No. <laughs> no. Stop it. Um, and then the last days. one uh, that I'll read today is from our dear friend Clayton. Clayton. The subject is okay. <laughs> the subject is okay. Short is my goal. <laughs> let's go. Let's see. All right. Like Warwick Davis, short's your goal. <laughs> did you pare it down at all? No, I did not. Oh, okay. 
Um, it actually is quite short. Um, if you're trying to choreograph this many people for a hundredth show, and if that involves getting rooms reserved and all that, why don't you just plan a Disney wedding? Everyone who wants to participate in getting married or remarried can just all line up, share the vows, and then the reception could be the hundredth the hundredth show. This is an easy way to get your Disney wedding paid for. No? Did I do it short enough? Love that, Clayton. I mean, look. I, I can't give him a clap on that. <laughs> but he did it. Short was his right. goal. He, he, he achieved his goal. Yeah, he, he didn't say my goal is to make sense. <laughs> like, well, we're all I married. I understand what he's saying. Right. Yes, I get what he's saying, but also what, okay, nobody's getting saying? married. What's yeah. he saying? We, we, could do like a, we could do a group vow renewal. He said get married. He, he, he did say something about renewing vows. He said, everyone who wants to participate in getting married or remarried can all just line up. Okay, I took remarried as vow renewal. Yeah, he says share. Not like you divorced and moving on. Next hussy. Um, (laughs) Next hussy. That's what I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Either way. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> so what? So we we put out the call for like anybody in a relationship that listens to the show, come and get married on this date with us. And we could charge people, I think, X amount of dollars to per attend head. their own wedding. <laughs> yeah, and then that would then pay for the reception. I think that if that's not the most California thing to do, I don't know what is. It's a wedding tax. It's real weird, but it's kind of brilliant. But it's also, this ticket would not be $40. No, it'd be expensive. I think it would be even more than that. For a wedding of $250. Because that's only $5,000 at the end of the day. Like, these weddings start at ten grand. I know, it's a deal. (laughs) We're sure to get paid then. So what package would you go for? Bare bones. Uh, Bare bones. No food. Breakfast. Not not midnight in front of the castle? (laughs) No. 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 Two thirty. This would be no one's dream wedding. <laughs> it might. It sounds like it'll be Clayton's dream wedding. Yeah. Two thirty in the True. lobby of the <laughs> Paradise Pier. <laughs> Sir, can you can you can you please move? My pastor's trying to get through. The concierge is going to marry you. <laughs> Paradise Pier. Someone in the chat said that their wife says, "Great idea, Clayton." <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean. It's- I, I understand the. Uh, He's being I'm, funny. I'm, I'm wor- I is that though? I actually don't know. Clayton, yes, Clayton's being funny. Clayton, please let us know if you're being funny in the chat room because you're you're there. Of Disney, course, he's being funny. Disney won't let you do that. Oh, I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't stop us like being in the tiki bar or something like that, or in the parking lot of downtown Disney. We congregate there. Just get there. Yeah, yeah. So, so do we want to tack on? Clobber <laughs> Glop <Glob, Glob>, <laughs> marriage portion to this 100th episode. Clobber Glop wants to know if he needs a divorce. <laughs> like, that, how does this work? Because he's coming. So if he gets divorced now, then we can get them remarried when they're out here, right? <laughs> yes. To attend, we need divorce papers. Yes, that'll work. Yeah. And, uh, and 200 And not in French. Right. Okay. Well, at least in English also. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Oh, boy. You're going to have a lot of confused divorced people. <laughs> like, I don't know. Do I marry you? Do I marry you? What's happening here? Does anybody know? Where are the hussies? Yeah. When does the show start? Where are the hussies at? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Is that it? That is yeah, that's that's it for today. Right. That was good. I thought I'd end with Clayton. That's pretty good. That's a good way to end. Kyle, my friend. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. So you came here. You pitched us an idea for a show, which I thought was brilliant. Um, because it's kind of everything that we started the show for, essentially, is to learn more about 
Disney and how that kind of stuff works. Um, and so you wanted to tell us kind of how all the, the process that goes into bringing an attraction yeah. to life. Well, I see a lot of people, they go online, they read Mice Age or Mouse Planet, and they talk about armchair imagineering, and they come up with some very exceptional ideas. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't recognize. And it's a very interesting, convoluted, long, drawn-out process. And I thought it might be interesting to some people. So I can talk about things, and we can take it wherever you want and jump some stories in and, you know. Yeah, that would be great, man. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. So how do how do we get to even just planning? So the first thing that happens is well, before before we go, we want a ride. Like way back before that, someone says, "Let's sit down and come up with an idea." And usually it's a movie or some sort of intellectual property that sparks, you know, coming up with an idea. So they lock say six people in a room and they say, "Hey, let's come up with an idea around move on." And mm-hmm. six people sit down, and they have a task. It's better when they have a task. A lot of times they don't, but it's better when they do. And they try and come up with it. Usually you have creative people in there. You'll have some engineers. You'll have some artists and stuff like that so that everyone can be kind of uh, – you can kind of get full circle. And you just talk. And the whole idea is you achieve your task, and you have to walk out of that room with your task achieved by the end. But the reason they call it blue sky is because the sky is literally the limit. So you're allowed to get as crazy, as far-fetched as you want. You don't have to be technical grounded if you don't want to be because the idea doesn't have to be applied tomorrow. Sure. It's just kind of yeah. either either an idea or probably more likely a seed of an idea, right? Yeah, it's usually okay. it's usually a it's usually a pretty complicated seed, but it's a seed. It's usually okay. a story. So oh, okay. yeah, usually you'll come out with a loose storyboard or if it's a text if it's a tech session, mm-hmm. you'll come out with something cool like a cool concept idea to go test out. So Is it like the Disney version of like a brainstorming session it or is. is it more advanced than that? It's it's a little bit more advanced because you try and bring in people from different fields and the way they mm-hmm. the way you're kind of coursed as a as a group and a team to do it, it's a little more advanced but it's generally you know, a brainstorming session that's loose. Um, You know, if you're coming up with a ride or something like that, they want you to storyboard it. So you're going to come in and you're going to say, okay, here, this is part one, this is part two, this is part three. And, you know, you're not coming up with, say, the rooms and your scenes to Alice in Wonderland, but you'd be saying, okay, you're going to visit the roses and then get lost in the woods. And then we'll come across the queen and We'll run away. Like you a know? rough idea of what yeah. you want to happen. Just kind of a rough idea. And that okay. might get changed. You and know? how often do these sessions happen? Do they happen if somebody has an idea or is it like a date that's set? Or? Um, they happen. They're, they're happening all the time, honestly. Mm-hmm. There's there's always at least one going on. Oh, there's wow. usually a couple. Um, it There's also different levels of them. So the, the, I'm, the ones I'm talking right, about right now are the initial ones. And the initial ones usually happen on free will and the type of people who work at Imagineering are the type of people who really enjoy doing this. So they're kind of doing it all the time. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. Cool. So it's not like a structured meeting where you're like, it can be, be there at 10 a.m. If you're told, it can be. Okay. And like literally there are ones where it's like, hey, you need to have an idea to expand this attraction and we need it by Thursday. So no pressure, no pressure, but go. <laughs> but and it's, it's Thursday. Yeah, well, and they'll say there'll be ones too where they say we and okay, we're locking you in the room, and here's your food, 
here's your water, <laughs> and there's a bathroom right there, and keep going. At least they give you that. Yeah, they won't they won't let you leave sometimes even. So what, when they do that, what's the I don't want to say what's the point because it sounds obvious, but to me it doesn't seem like anything is that important that it's, they need you to be locked in. It's not that; it's the pressure that oh, okay. usually it's it usually these types of things stall because people are kind of complacent and you know it's artist artist angst basically is the idea. So if there's no deadline, people aren't going to care as much. Yeah, they're okay. just trying to put angst on the artist to kind of give them a little bit of a push in the right direction. That they found that that's kind of successful. Oh, okay. So, so like with, with the people they hire, like that's just the way their brain works. And that's yeah, that's kind of just yeah, and it doesn't happen that uh, often that they lock you in or any of that because it doesn't need to happen. I mean, they do a lot of different <laughs> things for Blue Sky. So like, I was involved in a competition one, and I talked about that last time I was on. Mm-hmm. So th- that was an open session. There was like ten groups, and you did that on your own time, and you had a deadline. And it was a competition, and that's the way they kind of drove that idea. So okay. So that's cool. Let's actually take that example. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. So from there, you have ten people who come up with ideas. They might take one of those and use it right away. They might take none of them and use it right away. But what they do is they put every single one in a drawer somewhere, and they have it and they store cool. it. Uh, it doesn't matter when it was or anything. They just they just take their time to to store everything because you never know when you're going to want to build a ride about Little Mermaid. It might happen in 2013, even though the movie came out. <laughs> what? 89? Might so. happen in 2013. I yeah. don't know. So that would be so. Okay, so everything is obviously cross-referenced and you know whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would be the cool. That that's a cool job to have. Mm-hmm. Like keep track of those and then to go back and be like, hey, let's you know let's pull this idea. I'd be cool to see like an idea from 20 years ago. There's yeah. two people who have that job. Oh, interesting. Yeah, who are they? Uh, I forget their names right now, but they're both very interesting people. Um, it's been a long time since I was there, yeah. and I don't know if they're the same people there right now. But uh, they their job is to basically manage the creative team, and they uh, kind of filter all of the ideas that come through there. Okay. So that's basically their job. God, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, so they lock you in, or they or they don't, but so they have an idea now. You're out. And, and you have an idea. So you have an idea, and like I said, most of them end up in the filing cabinet. That's just the way the nature of this stuff works. So uh, the next thing that has to happen is you need to have a search for an attraction. So it, the way Disney works is they have 5, 10, 15, and 25-year plans for the parks. So I can tell you that in 2000 and... 12, maybe 11, they were thinking that Star Wars Land was going to be Cars Land. Hmm. There was no plan to put Star Wars Land inside uh, Hollywood Studios. It was going to be Cars Land there. So you're going to get Cars Land and Toy Story. But since then, you know, their five-year plan changed. Hmm. Um, so they, they've they had that, though, on the plans for, for 10 years, Cars Land. Okay. And then five years out, they changed it because just – you know, market pressures and stuff like that. Yeah. And they like, I mean, you know, they liked it. So also <laughs> Cars Land was a lot more expensive than they thought. So there was a lot of, re- uh, that's a whole different story. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was, uh, that they do that. So, uh, usually they'll start rifling through the boxes then to try and figure out what they want 10 years out and kind of start piecing that together. And they'll have small teams kind of working on these ideas and putting them together. 
Um, what kind of stuff is usually on on those um, you know plans? I, I, I would guess like a like a fifteen year plan wouldn't be for an attraction; it'd be maybe more for just an area. Yeah. So, so like I can say like an example like Cars Land was uh, they had the Radiator Springs Racers. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to do meters. They were uncertain about uh, about um, Luigi's flying tires at the time. They should have stuck with that. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole complicated (laughs) issue there, too. Uh, (laughs) But um, they were going to do something. They they actually had uh, the current show that we have now, I forget the name of it, that replaced Luigi's Flying Tires. Uh, What's it called? Oh. Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters. Yeah, Yeah. Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters was actually the idea that was going to go there instead. So that was the actual original plan. It ended up coming to Calvary Adventure because it worked out, but... They already knew they were going to do that, and they were going to somehow pair that with Sci-Fi Dine-In. They were going to retheme Sci-Fi Dine-In oh. so that the cars in there would have been Cars Cars. Oh, in okay. Disney World. Yeah, Disney World. That would have been really disappointing. Because the, the we did the Sci-Fi Dine-In, and it was rad. It is cool. rad. Well, yeah. they were going to keep the same theme in the con of the Oh, okay. Just you're thing. sitting in a Cars car? Yeah, you were going to be sitting in a Cars car. It was just going to be an IP tie-in. Okay, okay. So you were st- I don't know if it would still be scary movies. I think it'd probably be, like, Cars scary mm-hmm. movies. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was, they were just wanted to tie it all in and the lands and stuff like that. Okay. So that's kind of, and they have some conceptual artwork that they'll show and they'll have, they'll kind of throw it out for ideas and see what type of feedback they get within the Imagineering and community. And that's kind of where they are when they're like 10, five years out. Okay. So then things start to solidify at that point and they get a little bit closer and that's when you end up making the decision, oh, you know, let's do Star Wars land. And then they finally sit on that and then it goes into engineering for planning. But I'm jumping ahead. So <laughs> what usually ends up happening is the people at Parks and Resorts. So the way that uh, Disney spread out is you have each park acting as its own entity. So okay. that's why you have a president in every park. And then there's oh, a, really? Yeah. And then there's a president of Imagineering. Okay. So Imagineering is basically like the engineering creative design consultant for each of the parks, but they're locked in. Everyone has to use Imagineering. Hmm. So... Basically, the president of the park will approach Imagineering and say, I want this type of attraction here. And Imagineering will kind of throw back options. So a great story is Calvary Venture. Uh, San Francisco area was going to be redone, and they didn't know what they wanted. So they sat down with Imagineering. Imagineering brought in four options. Uh, I forget what all, the, all four were, but one of them was obviously Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So the reason... Little Mermaid was chosen, was somebody went, my daughter loves that movie. And there you go. <laughs> you had Goodness. Little Mermaid now wow. as as the attraction going in the park. So that's literally what it can come down to. Mm-hmm. Which does, is why I imagine. Her, does her name rhyme with Jim Burvine? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That's, uh, that's amazing. She has a jar on her desk. And okay. because she, she puts money in the jar. She does, or, or you, you put money in? All right. Her name. She, it's not very well thought out. <laughs> Her name rhymes Going with broke. Larry. Larry. I don't know. Larry's fine. Larry something. <laughs> but anyway, she she's so very. Uh, her granddaughter loved it, and so mm-hmm. that kind of pushed it over the edge. Right. That seems that that seems like a company as tight as Disney would not let something that expensive be developed on a whim. Well, so most of the time, it's usually done by. And we can talk about Tower Terror now. Uh, it's done by um, surveys. 
So they have those park surveys they, that they mm-hmm. do all the time, and they yeah. do them for movies and stuff too. So they figure out what types of IPs are trending, where their needs are based on that. Uh, and corporate will push some that way. Okay. But the parks have a budget to do attractions as well. So that was a park attraction budget. Um, a big corporate attraction budget would be uh, Cars Land. So Cars Land is one of those long, planned-out things. Something like okay. Buzz Lightyear, something like Little Mermaid, something like, uh, I guess, the subs. The subs were kind of one. Those are done kind of by the president of the parks, and they decide what to do. Okay. Imagineering themselves actually have a small budget as well, and they'll do ride makeovers. And they'll do right, but those are usually decided by the parks. Like when Pirates of the Caribbean was made over, yeah, parks decide on that. But Imagineering were the ones who did it. But they'll also go through and they'll upgrade animatronics and stuff, like um, Harold for for uh, Matterhorn. That was probably done by Imagineering holistically. That's the um, the new Yeti, the new Yeti, yeah, yeah the new Yeti or the okay. Hatbox Ghost. Okay, and they pro- I mean, they obviously talked to, to Disneyland, but it was probably mostly budgeted, mostly thought up by Imagineering. So okay. It just kind of depends on the so, level of work. Yeah, okay. So. It sounds like it varies, too. That, that kind of can be fluid, and it's not really... Everything is very fluid. Okay. Until someone in upper management says, we're doing this, it's very fluid. Okay. So uh, once they have that idea done, it then goes into creative department. And creative department takes that idea again, and they basically re-blue sky it. They kind of drive it back through the runner. Try and figure out if everything they thought up makes sense. They'll take that and they'll do artwork up on it and they'll bring that to modeling. And then modeling will build a kind of a, a conceptual model off of the idea. That conceptual model will then go into the architects and engineers. And the engineers will kind of lay out the land and figure out where we're going to place this thing. They'll send that to the architects. The architects will then take creatives designs and they'll and they'll take the model and they'll come up with an actual two-scale type of model, and then the model team will build that. And then we'll have a couple of iterations, and then they'll say, okay, we're going to do engineering plans now. And the architect team will develop the architectural plans along with the engineering plans. Those will get done, and then we have construction. Well, hold hold on. (laughs) No, I know. I I was going fast. (laughs) So when... So after creative and it goes and it, the the models start being built, what what does creative do at that point? Creative kind of oversees the whole process. Okay. So even though the other people are doing the work, there's a, there's a creative team that kind of leads the project, and it's usually two or three people, maybe even one, and they kind of just it's their baby, and they kind of oversee it. Um, they'll also work with ride because ride so okay. Whoa. In Imagineering, <laughs> there are... Slow down there, Turbo. Yeah. In Imagineering, there's basically four groups. Okay. There's Creative, which is which does the crea- the creation, and they're like the blue sky people. Then there's Ride, and Ride is, are the people who develop the ride systems. So they come up okay. with the ride ideas, the vehicle systems. They do your animatronics. They do a lot of that mechanical stuff and that type of work. Then you have Environmental Design and Engineering. And environmental design and engineering does the building. Uh, they do the environment around it, all the outdoor stuff, your landscape architecture, your actual architecture. They do the exterior theming, stuff like that. And then lastly, you have a kind of an administrative group that does graphics. They do the models. They uh, actually build some of the stuff. Um, I forget what their name is right now. But they are basically the people who implement 
what the engineers and stuff come up with. Okay. Get a little bit closer to your mic. Okay. Um, and then also, <laughs> let's go back to Blue Sky. Sorry. Yeah. We're no, it's okay. <laughs> so um, do you find that there are teams that are put together a lot? Like this, these you know, people work together well, or do they just say, ah, you, you, and you, you go into this room? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of creative people who, who get together often. Uh, they'll pull some people in randomly uh, here and there. Uh, I've gotten pulled into one or two myself. Uh, just to see how they add to the group. It's not it's not structured in the sense that they're saying you're assigned to do this, other than the team leads. And then the team leads might go and say, Hey, I need your help on this, you're gonna help me and it's part of your job. But uh they don't usually pull in a lot of other disciplines, so it's it's used I think creative team right now is well, I think when I was there I think it was about I wanna say about twenty or thirty people. So and so um, they do like groups of five. Okay, and you're not able to talk about anything. I can talk ha- about things. You just ask. But nothing I'll tell that you hasn't come. Okay, so I, you can't talk about something that hasn't come to fruition, correct? Uh, there's, I can talk. Yeah, I can't really talk about things okay. that haven't been announced. Okay, all right. That's you fine. can you can ask me if there's something though. Because because I I think <laughs> if about, it's been leaked. Okay, I don't know. There's hard, it's hard how this works. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering what are some of the craziest things that you've heard. And uh, someone say, "Yeah, we're going to try to do this because I when we try to reimagine when we reimagine rides, we and we're, think we're awesome. We think we're amazing, and we're like, I can't believe they haven't thought of this Full yet. Disclosure: well, I think I'm terrible. Yeah, at that. I, say, I think I'm pretty bad. Uh, oh, falling down, Utopia. Uh, that was fantastic. All okay, right? moving past this. I, and, and <laughs> it was it was better before the point in time that you thought of it. Oh, its well. absence was much better than the actual. Oh, thing. thank you. You're wait, wait, wait a minute. I just have a real quick question, and forgive me if it was already covered. Wait, I'm kind of. Oh no, I, Terrence, no, go ahead, he, sorry. He, yeah. So, what is the craziest thing that you've you've heard in this meeting? Uh, there was there was an idea for a restaurant that I heard at one point, where basically, and it was an idea for Disney Sea, okay. and it was a Finding Nemo themed restaurant, and basically. Getting as technical as I could, you would be inside your booth, and your booth would go underwater. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you would be in that underwater booth having dinner and all that stuff surrounded by fish. That, that is amazing. Sounds terrifying. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Repeat. Repeat that. Repeat the first part. Do you want to have an anxiety attack? Yes. That's amazing. So that's obviously... No, the, no, really, repeat it. I didn't even... I, I, you'd be... You'd oh. go to a restaurant. Okay. Uh, you'd, the waiter would show you to your booth. Yeah. The booth would then go underwater. The booth would awesome. come back up so that they could serve you, but your waiter would communicate to you while you're underwater. If you had to go to the bathroom, you'd come back idea. up. So like, like an elevator. Do they, call that ra- do they call that attraction cement shoes? Like I, lo- I love that idea. I think that'd be cool. That's so cool. I would do it, it but you know it's sweat. it's gonna cost like five hundred dollars a plate. I mean, there was ideas yeah. to do de- dining with Soren. Um, I think they even did it one time. <laughs> Can you imagine eating? This was great! <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Is that was a bad idea. Because your feet are dangling, you're waiting for your coffee, you're like, oh, Lord. So I stepped out a second ago just for a few seconds, and forgive me if this is already covered, but the blue sky phase. Is that specific? What you're talking about is that specifically for the park, or is that inclusive of films? That's inclusive it's, of it's films all, and stuff. It's it might all be all ideas. It might be different when it comes to those, but it's 
basically the Disney thought process. The Disney way of thinking is you need to start out where the sky's the limit and you need to storyboard. Okay. So as long as you do those two things, you're basically following the Disney way of thinking. Um, storyboarding is huge with them. Okay. So it's really big. Wow. A lot of storyboarding. Underwater restaurant. Underwater restaurant, I, man. I, I would would like, there be a booth? Would, would there be a slot like a, like an old bank teller slot where you like drive through and you put the thing in it and then you know it's like a chamber so you could feed the fish? That would be the best. Ooh, I like that. You know, you get little I pellets like at your desk. You yeah, and I then think you, you put just, in the thing and you go, and then it it it, yes. it chambers, it seals, and, and then, then the it's other released. Side yes. Let me put it this way. So one of the octopus, one of the their thing. How are like we not on the creative like a, team? Where your booth like That's starts to up. leak water and then it fills up with water and, <laughs> and, and you relive like all of your yeah. deep rooted fears. Like just, it was part of the just, ride. Yeah, just three or something like that. But right? They like, could drop you down and still it could be in a uh, in a tube with the top still open to the normal restaurant. But you still look around and you know. Regardless, there's no. better yet. You're in a shark yeah. cage and you have yeah. you have a food a feeding tube, so you're in there scuba diving, but you're also eating at the same time. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> that could work. That could work. You're an idiot. Only you in Disney Sea, though. Don't bring that to California. But that Disney Sea. So wait, they're feeding uh, you slurry through a tube. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then you're paying how much to do this? Enough. You're paying oh. how much to eat food slurry tube? Five hundred dollars. It's the experience. Five hundred experience. Yes, it's the yes, experience. Yes, the experience, man. <laughs> Why not? I just go underwater swimming at SeaWorld without any food at all. Because you're not a Disneyland. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of funny about that. Uh, that idea was a big concept, and uh, while the concept itself didn't come to fruition yet, uh, because it's kind of far fetched, pieces of it did. So, uh, if you ride the cruise lines, um, you have, I think, Dory as a waiter or, or Crush. You have, you have, uh, one of the turtles okay. as a waiter okay. that comes around. They use the turtle talk with Crush. That's right. kind of amazing. Technology. I'm sorry. Is, is this pasta gluten free? Cha, bruh. Hold on. <laughs> How is that amazing? But when I come up with the Ratatouille restaurant, it's a stupid idea. That's the same darn thing. Because only, myself only our French Canadian friend likes Ratatouille. I, Nobody else Nobody likes ever, Ratatouille. Like, Ratatouille was a great movie. It's fine. It's a delicious dish. But it's dish. not, not Dory. He's like, yep. <laughs> it was literally the same idea. See, no, the idea you, is good. Honest. It's you just picked the wrong movie for it. Yeah. <laughs> what was your Ratatouille idea? Rat and it's the same kind of thing where you have um, like Turtle Talk with Crush, where you have a screen in front of you and you yeah. have the person you, on the screen. They're preparing the meal, but they're actually preparing it how you're saying it back in the kitchen as well. I, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, the idea is that the turtle just takes your order, but. I like my but, idea. More. <laughs> it's, more, it's more involved my way. I like it. Every Basi- table gets its own chef. Yeah. yeah. Basically, Kyle's saying there's no more original ideas. Right. No, I know. I, know. <laughs> I probably stole mine from somewhere as well. So. There's not, I mean, I mean, there's a ton of them, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's, it, ideas come from everywhere. And some of, some of these ideas, I mean, another great story is, uh, is something stupid. Uh, the Pirates of Caribbean, there's all those little fireflies everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was an Imagineer having dinner one time with a friend, and I forget the whole story, but basically his friend was like, well, have you have you done this? He's like, no. And then that was how they then did it, and that's now the technique they use to make fireflies everywhere. So those fiber huh. optic fireflies, if you look, yeah. they're on Little Mermaid. They're, they're LEDs, oh, yeah. but here we are, 
you know, 50 years later, and we're still using LE or the same little light on a motorized string, basically, to make a firefly. So, so there is a question in the chat, and I don't know if if you have the answer to this, but basically, people are wondering what was it like when they were deciding or do you know what it was like when they were deciding on DCA as an original concept because like when they were what, thinking it out you know what? Just what were they thinking like on, how did that happen I have to say and on why? paper DCA is an, uh, an incredible concept on paper but the California stuff like the early version the, yeah I mean okay. if you think about it they had an idea to bring what made California great mm-hmm. to a theme park and they were like let's bring in farms and let's have you can have farm equipment, and we can do attractions based off of that, and we can show how crops are grown, and it can be kind of Epcot-y. Yeah, that sounds Epcot-y. And that, yeah. that yeah. sounds great. The, par- the park in Walt Disney World that struggled for a long time. Well, Let, let's, let's kind of right. take the worst parts of that. Basically, you're doing. Ho- you're, it's like when your parents assigned you uh, book reports to do for them. Oh, I'm going to go learn something. My dad did that. But you, you really? You didn't have to no. do homework on the summer as a kid? No, because my mom was a teacher. So no, she wasn't she was right. not even having any part of that. Future World always worked and Future World <laughs> always was successful, but it was the World Showcase that struggled for years because okay. people didn't know what to do with it. All right. You know, they didn't understand what they were walking into. Mm. Okay. I um, thought it was all that other kind of, you know, Well, that's the struggling garden. That's stuff. struggling now. Yeah. Okay. Because of the reverse, the Tomorrowland issue. Okay. Yeah, it's not really the future anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tomorrowland of yesterday is today. So, uh, it's like a weird hybrid of what the future. It's interesting might though. It sounds like a T-shirt. The Tomorrowland yeah. of yesterday is today. It's interesting yeah. though because uh, that that hydroponics <laughs> thing. I was on that back in March, and they're still doing stuff there. Yeah, they really are. Well, and 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 so when when Taryn and I went last year, uh, my question was, why aren't we doing this everywhere? Why aren't more crops grown like this? If it's so cool and it saves space, why isn't it like? Why do we still have the Central Valley in California? <laughs> they it's are. Like packed full of stuff. It's it's just not practical on that large scale yet. I mean, aquaculture mm. and stuff like that, we're talking about. I mean, the thing that they're researching a lot of right now is aquaculture, which is where you take a fish mm. and you use the fish poop, basically, mm. as fertilizer for your plants. Yeah. And you can get a balanced fish tank as well as a balanced plant. And that tech's actually starting to come out a lot now. And you're seeing mm. uh, fish aquariums that are actually utilizing that on the consumer market for the first time in years. Wow. So you can now buy, if you really want to, a fish (laughs) tank and put fish in it and then put your herbs on top and then use those herbs to cook that your fish pooped out. Or to... I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look at there. But, but, you know, so the research they do there actually does pay off and it is useful. I don't know if that... I don't quote me on that research came from the Disney Labs, but, you know, they do stuff there. Hmm. So... uh, I'm just surprised they still do it, honestly. Hmm. So I think it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. So where were we? So the, Hollywood, the Hollywood limo ride. That was Dan's question. Oh, He's like, what superstar question. limo? Like what? What was again how? on paper? I think superstar <laughs> limo would have been great on paper. I what think it was, was it? Refresh my memory. What was that? It, it was. was it's, it's exactly the same ride as Monsters, um, Inc. Monsters Inc. Except that you had like paparazzi like pop up. Mm-hmm. Well, or like. And, and, well, yeah, the, pe- Hollywood people would, would come out. The concept of the ride was that you were a superstar mm-hmm. going to your premiere, I think it was. It was, okay. it was like a red carpet premiere. And you were going by and doing all the things the stars do on the way and running, in, and running into them. Yeah. But Disney executed it using cheesy anima- old animatronic models that 
made everyone look like cartoons and had just terrible execution. And I think that's a lot of the surveys getting mixed into everything and being like, oh, people like Drew Carey. Let's do Drew Carey, you know, mm-hmm. where it's not yeah. it's not really what people want. Um, it's but, what they think they want when they're in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. Let, let me put it this way. <laughs> that ride probably would have been great if mm-hmm. it was something like Indiana Jones and not a a fairy tale coaster, a fairy yeah. tale ride. Well, because no. that's the real California. You're, you're rocking around of all the earthquakes. And right. Stuff like I mean, that. they could have added some adventure to it, and it would have been interesting, you yeah. know. And I, I think that I think they had a lot of potential with everything they were doing, and they just I don't think the execution got where they thought it would. Is the person who was in charge of execution still there? <laughs> or were no. they executed? Okay. <laughs> were they executed? <laughs> that person's now working for Gap, or at least he was. Is he still there? You think so? Yeah, I think he's still working for Gap. Because of what happened to DCA or? Um, no, there All was right. a lot of, I don't want to get I into mean, that. No, that's fine. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> really happened at curiosity. DCA. Like, you're saying what happened to DCA. I mean, for the most part, wasn't it fine? I th- it was, and then, and I mean, then they redid it, but. I think, I think it was, they had really low, lower than expected numbers and then people were kind of confused. Yeah. So like, what is fair. this? I, I don't understand. I think it understand. just didn't do as well as they had anticipated. It didn't click. You know, the okay. honest, to be honest with you, when you're talking about that farming stuff, all I really, I think I only went to DCA once when it was before they changed it. But all I really remember is the, I remember the California, like the postcard thing mm-hmm. before you're even in the park. And I remember the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, see, the, that's the, it. That's all I remember. And honestly, that farm stuff at the end of the day, all it was was they had some crops growing. And then they had caterpillars. Where? Uh, back kind of behind Bugs, mm. uh, Bugs, mm. Bugs Theater, where, okay. where Cars Land is yeah. now. Uh, uh, they had mm-hmm. a bunch of crops and then they, there was just a Yesterland article about this. If everyone reads that, uh, they just posted one, but, um, but they had the caterpillar, uh, construction equipment just there that you could kind of climb into if you wanted to and check it out. And I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's how they executed that idea. Okay. So is that the right way to execute it? From history tells us no. Right. You know, could they have seen that coming? Maybe. Uh, it just, there was a lot of decisions and some of them just didn't click. That was also the 90s and mm. there's a lot of 90s culture in what they did. That park was punny to the max. Oh, good. You know, burritos, <laughs> Malibu yeah. burritos and Sam Andreas fault shakes. Mm. Uh, Such overkill. Yeah. And they did that everywhere. So... You know, you know the guy who thought of that was like, look what I got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they all loved it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the hot dog pal, best wiener in a supporting role. Yeah, yeah exactly. Every time I walk by that, I smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's one of those. That's one of those heydays that are still there. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like okay, this lose, this lose, keep this. Keep the wiener. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, lose this, lose this. Well, but it if, kind of all plays into with that old Hollywood vibe in that area too. Yeah, for sure. And if you look too, like all throughout DCA, there's a ton of that '90s construction steel with glossy paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had that everywhere when the park first opened, and it just kind of talks of they were building a park that was very uh, hip. They were yeah. trying to build something modern. And they lost their core values when they did it, in my opinion. And that's, I think that, I think one of the biggest fallacies of DCA is there still isn't an original attraction in that park that is an IP specific. You don't have a Haunted Mansion or a Pirates right. Caribbean. Mm. You have things that are based off of movies, you know. And I think that they really need something that kind of drives through California and what they can still do. Hmm. So that's my 
Okay. Well, and so, it's uh, just since we were on that topic, there's um, uh, of things going away. Do Imagineers have? Do they? Are they involved in the process of things leaving a park? They are, but they don't. They don't say much. They okay. don't get to say much. Okay. They don't get to say much on things that happen inside the park. Got it. Okay. Which is the story, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our attraction, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. How do we make that happen? So uh, I think I left off with, like, the construction and everything has been – so all the design plans are done. So now we have to get them through permitting. And mm-hmm. Disneyland goes through permitting the same way anyone goes through permitting. And the health department has to come out. They have to go through city plan checks, everything. And then we're done, and now we get a contractor, and the contractor goes out, and they start – uh, digging dirt. And that's basically where we are right now with Star Wars Land. Okay. So that contractor's out there and he's tearing everything up. As he goes, Disney will inspect. And one of the things that's really interesting is Disney's construction practices. Um, Disney really wants to inspect everything to make sure that it's done to the most pristine detail. And I'll say that to the fact that literally when they were building Flo's Diner, I saw a architect going through and looking at each and every tile and postmarking each or putting a sticky note on each and every one that she wanted to take so that they could use use it in construction and taking her rejects and off of site so that they wouldn't build with those. So wow. the whole so they get that hands on and then after that was done, that same architect went up to the wall and verified that all of those tiles were done to the ones that she liked. She marked any of the ones they wanted removed, had the contractor remove it and replace it, and then her boss did the same thing. Wow. Whoa. For so tiles. For t- yeah, for tiles. For tiles and flows diner, system. you know. Wow. For just for just wall for just like a backsplash, you know? Wow. And what's cool about that is that's how you get Disney level quality detail. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's awesome. But that's also how you get Disney level construction speed. If you look at Star or Star Wars Land, we're in year one now. We're, we're at the end of year one, starting mm-hmm. year two, and they're saying end of 2018 right now. If you go and look at Universal and how fast they build their attractions, I can say that there's a water park that was announced about the same time Star Wars Land opened, and it's going to be open. A whole brand new water park is going to be open at Universal Studios Florida this summer. So wow, there's a there's a lot of difference there, and. It's, it has to do with Disney's attention to detail mm-hmm. and also how they do their construction plans and stuff like that. Um, is it too – are they being too attentive to detail? Like, what, you know what I mean? Would they get the same level of, of magic, do you think, without getting fine-tooth combing over tile? Like, tile, Like, yeah. it still looks good. It, maybe it's not perfect to so what you want. I or, mean, that's an opinion. Yeah. And in my opinion, yeah. I mean, I, I personally think they're paying too much attention to detail. I think that they could do with maybe one or two of those checks and not all ten. Um, but at the same time, I get wild, wild, why those systems are in place and why those people are doing that. Uh-huh. And they have had times where that tenth check returned something that they missed and it was a good thing. Okay. So I guess that would be my question is is at what point are people coming back everything's fine Every, like you know what I mean and then yeah. like okay maybe we're a little too process heavy right now Well but then that kind of makes me think like how much of that process for t- let's use tile as an example because that's It's timely. A perfect exactly. And it's not a It's not story. It's not something that you absolutely have to focus on so much. How much of that time and attention 
like if you if you strip everything down and what it just comes down to that's dollars that's mm-hmm. that's somebody being paid for their time so how much of that attention to detail is showing up in our ticket prices well all of it exactly yeah i think that it's a good thing that they're doing this because Walt would that's what come back comes back to for me Walt mm-hmm. would cuz he was that he was that um, interested in every little detail of everything. I would say I disagree because if you look at how trash the park was when it opened, <laughs> they had a hill of dirt but when it opened. But that doesn't mean he wasn't interested in every little detail that was going on. It just no. means that he had a hard, a hard and fast deadline to open the park. But he could right. But I think that there's first of all, it is funny that we're arguing about a guy who what he would have done. <laughs> right. But we'll get to I, his I, frozen I, head in a minute. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I think. I think that there is something to be said for forget about it, we'll do it live. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, hey, we have to open, we have a deadline, let's get it open, people want to see it, and the little tiny details um, of the the tile story or whatever, right? Like, th- you can change that later, but let's get people going, and I think that you, uh, the longer you take for stuff, the more backlash you get. For you know weirdos like us who are like what what's going on? Come on guys, we're paying good money here. You know that whole kind of thing. I don't know. I My don't thought know. though too is once you l- kind of give a little leeway on that, mm-hmm. I think that can be a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I, it, I mean, diving into the topic, it it would be pretty challenging to manage that. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What's the what is the right thing to do? Ultimately, it's for the show. And whatever it looks good in the front, it's that's what you that's your justification, I guess. Yeah. For spending the extra man hours. Right? Yeah. I mean yeah. they they feel that it's very important and I totally understand why it's that important to them and I think that it's time well spent, honestly. Um I don't know if all again, I don't know if all those checks need to happen, but you know, at least most of them I think are is time well spent. So okay. and they do that with everything. So they do that with not just tiles, but they do that with the animatronics. They do it with everything. So now you got that construction pretty much done, okay. right? And the building's in place. So now that main contractor that you had doing all that leaps. And the building has to get inspected, certified, and checked out. And then we start rolling in the actual pieces of infrastructure. So we start rolling in your ride system and your animatronics and your show sets and we start bringing plants and well we plants are probably already brought in mostly but you know you start painting a little bit more and doing stuff like that and catching those minor details hmm. and then when that's done we start testing everything and testing can take another couple months as well you know um ride systems usually when they're built at Disney they're brand new and they usually haven't been used before a lot of it's in-house developed and they're first on the market so they come with quirks. If you look at Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, when they first tested it, it was so bumpy that uh, that people were getting injured when they came off the ride. And it took them months to lock down Indiana Jones. And in their test facility, everything worked out great because they were on smooth concrete. Mm. You know, uh. the smooth, glossy concrete. But on their track, they needed to add some friction for the tires because they needed a... So Indiana Jones, those cars' tires... Um, they don't actually do much. Um, they do drive, some of them do drive the vehicle forward and the track itself isn't actually needed other than to supply power. It is a track ride. It uses the track, but the vehicle basically steers itself. Um, 
There is a part on Indiana Jones where you drop underneath the bridge, mm-hmm. and there's a little fire blast that comes out. Mm-hmm. And there's a tendency there for the wheels to actually roll backwards. <laughs> and uh, one of the biggest reasons that Indiana Jones breaks down, at least at first, was because when the wheels roll backwards, that sends a message to the system's computer. says the car's doing the wrong thing. Oh. Whole attraction shuts down. So, uh, so that kind of... That's something that they can't really anticipate happening because they're doing things on different track surfaces, you know, when they actually test it the first time. And, yeah, maybe they should have gone back and built it with their real track. But what happens is during construction or during the planning phase, someone goes, you know, it'd be good to add a grip surface here so that if there is in some sort of accident, uh, the vehicle tires can grip better or people, when they get out of the car, they don't slip on the slippery concrete and they have actual traction here like handrails that are hidden all around Indiana Jones that they installed, you know, stuff like that that they didn't actually test with. Um, another great example of that is, uh, actually, I don't even remember the point I was making. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, that's but, fine, uh, man. But, yeah, that's a, that's a thing that they do. See, so. Terrence and I would have thought about that beforehand, uh, testing all that yeah. kind of stuff. We, that's something you and I would have caught. I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, these these amateurs, man, these amateurs. It's um, literally a web of lies. Yeah, <laughs> just so we're clear. Uh, in my notes, uh, I have a thing here where it says um, that the engineering team can be a little sheltered. Yeah. So What's that about uh, the engineering team at Disney? Because that was you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that sounds like sounds sore. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be political here. Uh, so the engineering team at Disney is you'd be you'd be kind of surprised. Disney does everything in house, so uh, Disney doesn't compete when it comes to their engineers or the people who design their rides. And you know that's a good thing for them in house, but for their design professionals, in my personal opinion, it's not. Um, and you'll end up with a lot of engineers who have been there for their whole life. Um, one of the biggest slowdowns that I think Disney gets during construction on attractions like this is because their engineers honestly aren't that seasoned other than with their personal projects. Um, they don't have a lot of oversight. They don't get a lot of outside consultants brought in to actually tell them, you know, this is a good way to do it. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of smart people there that know what they're doing and they do a great job and everything that Disney builds is is checked so well and, and done great, but... Their construction process usually results in a lot more. In construction, there's something called an RFI. It's called a. It's a. Yeah, I forget what it stands for right now because I'm blinking because I'm trying to think of everything. But um, <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, basically, the contractor runs into a problem, uh, request for information, and so he needs more information for the engineer. So he submits an RFI. When that happens, usually construction has stopped on the site, which costs everyone money, and no one wants that. Disney tends to have more of those than mm-hmm. anyone else. And sometimes out of those, you need brand new design solutions. I mean, I personally got involved in one of those when I was, uh, when I was first working there, uh, behind, if any of you ever walk backstage at, uh, Cars Land, behind the big facade, I made sure that those grades sloped properly so that vehicles <laughs> could drive and you could walk in and everything would drain. There was a problem with construction. Somebody built something too high was what I was told. I personally, okay. looking back at the plans, think that things were detailed a bit differently and they didn't match up building codes. So there was too far of a drop between the building door and the pavement. So I had to go back and be redesigned. Too far of a drop is, I mean, it's... Someone can navigate it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but Disney has very, very high quality standards. 
Um, one thing that they told me when I first started, which is a great piece of advice, is when you build a curb at your house, right? Or let's say you build your doorway to your home. You might have one person under yourself, on average, walk across that every day. So you have basically a thousand trips on that a year mm-hmm. is the idea. If you build a cur- the same sort of thing on a city street, you might get a hundred thousand. Okay. But at Disney, you have, you get a million. So mm. the wear and tear that these things have and the chances for something failing is if it can happen, it will happen. Got it. And so they design for that. So they want to make sure that everything's very precise for that, uh, which is great. And that's a great thing to do. But that, you know, that's, uh, sometimes those construction RFIs come from that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So let's, uh, so let's skip ahead a bit, okay? Uh, if you wouldn't mind. So we have we have the construction, we finished it, we have the thing built. Let's chat about maintenance real fast, okay? Um, we're talking about uh, you know how how these rides are uh, kept up. How do we do that? Well, so uh, the rides are kept. So basically, there's a maintenance budget that the parks get. Uh, that is basically they sometimes divide the park could have full maintenance budget for the year. They okay. set that up, and then that gets divided up usually by land, sometimes by attraction. Some the way Disney defines lands is different than the land the way that lands are defined to you and me. Um, a land might be pirates and haunted mansion, uh, okay. whereas another land might be uh, Thunder Mountain and and Space Mountain. Is actually one land. I don't like that. Huh. That's confusing to me. I don't like it. It has to do with common core systems. Oh, so like math, so like like math, like thirty-seven <laughs> plus forty-two, and you Mainten- round up. It's maintenance stuff. It's oh. not yeah. necessarily proximity, but more. Yeah, it's it's more about what like systems. Do. Yeah, okay. I don't like that so, either. <laughs> so uh, those get a budget, and then that kind of that budget gets uh, thrown out to the maintenance team and Disney Parks has a maintenance crew that maintains everything. Okay. Uh, one of the things that they find very important is again if it's if it's going to happen or if it can happen it will happen. And the other big policy is uh if it's going to break fix it now. Um they forgot about that at one point in time. <laughs> and there was an accident in the park, but now that process is still very much in place, which is a great process. Um, so what I was actually writing about was Imagineering's involvement in maintenance. Mm-hmm. So Imagineering has a group called Show Quality Services that works for the parks. Okay. And it's basically the maintenance team for the parks. And they're like an on-call crew that can handle big failures and events where something is behaving and the standard maintenance people can't just fix it. So they're the experts on the animatronics. They're the experts on whatever special air cannon you have or something like that. They're just, they're just basically the experts. And so Jack Sparrow's arm starts going wonky and spinning out of control. They're called in. So if it's a, if it's say a hydraulic that just needs to be replaced, mm-hmm. usually the maintenance team can handle that. Okay. But if something in his core code got corrupted and his arm <laughs> is now being interfered with by some Wi-Fi signal somewhere, then trust me, stuff like that happens. Okay. Um, then Comforting. Uh, there was a, I'm, I'm going to go on a huge tangent here. Do it. So uh, there was back in the day a school that did a field trip to Disneyland and they were watching great moments with Mr. Lincoln and they had the Lincoln in there and everything and they're watching him and he starts 
seizuring <laughs> on stage <laughs> oh, as he's giving the no. speech. And <laughs> oops, sorry. He sits back down and, uh, Disney got a bunch of letters that day from from the teacher and the students saying that they were so grateful that the actor playing Mr. Lincoln did such a great job when it was really an animatronic. Wow. What it was was actually the Lincoln animatronic was tied into the same power system as the monorail when the monorail first opened. Hmm. And when the monorail would have a power surge, the Lincoln animatronic would have a power surge because there just wasn't enough in line to prevent that. Yeah. Which would cause him to spasm. Okay. Oh, wow. So, right. <laughs> so he had a bad day. A couple tremors. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's been oh, fixed wow. since then. Yeah. But that would be the type of solution where they would come in and they'd have to analyze it and isolate what's going on because it's way more technical than the average breakdown. Um, that team is there and they have a budget that's an operating budget to do stuff like that. At the end, they take that money and they put some aside to do upgrades on attraction animatronics. So one of my favorite upgrades that they did was there is the sleeping with the pig pirate in mm-hmm. in um, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. And five years ago, he had his mouth and you go, and he just kind of move his he move his teeth up and down, and you could see it. Now they replaced it with lips that will actually kind of vibrate as he snores. Mm. And, you know, that's that's a show quality services upgrade. It's an incremental minor upgrade that gives a better story, but it doesn't change the attraction at all. And it doesn't uh, and it and it isn't done by the parks. And they do little upgrades like that all the time. OK, so the Hatbox Ghost is kind of similar to one or the upgrades to Harold, the Yeti uh-huh. that I was mentioning earlier is also one. OK, they do little things like that all the time. And it's always great. And, you know, you had someone who wrote in the other day uh, that or today that uh, they come to Disneyland all the time as a pass holder and they start noticing all these little things. Yeah. When they run out of those little things to notice, what they're going to start noticing is all the changes that all happen. All the new little things. Yeah. <laughs> because you can literally go two days and ride five rides and find five different things, if not more. Mm-hmm. You know? They move lights every night. They try something different every day because they have fun doing that. And it's a show oh. and they're always trying to make it better. So... Awesome. Those guys, I think, that do the show quality services, I think those guys are awesome, and that was always something I would love to do. I um, think that would be a cool job, too. I think that's yeah. an awesome job. Yeah. So. Just a little tweaks, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I do think they put too many uh, spider webs in uh, the attic scene of Haunted Mansion, <laughs> and every time I go in, I go, this is ridiculous. And pirates. That whole bed scene where they added all the cobwebs in, I don't like that. Oh, that's, yes, that too. It's, it's too many. That's too many. probably where it is. Too many. Yeah, but otherwise, it's fine. It's not my favorite. I still love it, but it's yeah. not my favorite. Do you know how they make those cobwebs? From spiders? No, it's really no, simple, kidding. actually. <laughs> it's um, um, like a cement, uh, glue, right? Silly. It's glue. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a, oh. it's it's a glue gun yeah. that they have, and they put it in basically a fan, and the fan spins it as it comes out, and then they just spray that everywhere. Like and plastic cement, I think, is what it is, right? It, cool. No, it's just it's just it's just the hard glue the, okay. that you would use oh, well, in a super glue. It's a glue gun glue. Yeah, really oh. fun. So right. I would go to town with it too. So they they first started doing that back in the day when like back in the fifties, literally, and they were uh, they just had this hobbled together thing with a gun and and a fan and cardboard and stuff like that. And now they have kind of better ones that they've built over time, and they still use that even when they built the most recent Tower of Terror. Same old show practice. They probably got it from Hollywood, honestly, because that's where they get a lot of the ways they do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Pirates of Caribbean is just, if you go to the burning scene in Pirates of Caribbean, that is all just facade. 
there's nothing behind that but a bunch of wood. It's a maze back there, and it's just a bunch <laughs> of wood facade. So there's it's it's interesting. There's a lot of sets like that. That's cool. Yeah, I do like that kind of stuff. I do too. That's neat, man. I like it. So show quality services. Those are the people that yeah. we have to thank for a lot of that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So there's there's some exceptions to that rule. Uh, so the parks also try to do things. Imagineering doesn't like it when they do things, but the parks always try and do it. Parks usually do their celebrations. So uh, the year of the rooster right now that they're doing at DCA, that's probably done by the parks. They got Imagineering. Excuse me. They got Imagineering involved, obviously, to do the little Mulan pre-show, but uh, but prob- but all of the graphics and stuff that was made in-house by the parks team, um, probably. I don't actually know that for certain. They usually don't get bigger than that, but in the past there have been two really big successful ones that Disneyland did. One is Haunted Mansion Holiday. That was mm-hmm. done. Not by Imagineering at all. That was done by the parks. Hmm. That was a huge budgetary item. That was a huge fight between Imagineering and the parks. Really? And hmm. parks uh, didn't want it. Parks wanted it. Disneyland okay. wanted to do it. Disneyland wanted to do that overlay. Imagineering kept saying, "No, we're not going to do this. We don't have the budget for it." Type thing. What year was that? Ninety-three ish, ninety-two, something like that. I'm not. I'm not sure. But obviously, it was a huge success. Since then, Imagineering's gotten involved and they've helped. But it's still done by the parks every year. Mm-hmm. The other great one that's also done every year that's along the exact same line is a uh, um, Small World Holiday mm-hmm. overlay. Mm-hmm. That's that was done by the parks as well, and not done by Imagineering at all. So it's very impressive how they can uh, do that stuff um, because it's literally totally different teams and different groups. So Imagineering built it, handed it over to the parks, and they maintained it, and now. The parks are actually rebuilding it, kind of. It's very interesting how that works out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the Im- Imagineering is like basically the corporate Imagineering, not like, the Imagineers that hang out at the park. Yeah, oh. that's what. I, I, what do you mean by the parks? Like. So there. So again, the there is that. There is the corporate teams. There's the right. parks in the park team, and there's a there's the Imagineering team. Mm-hmm. So Disneyland has their own team of people that actually. Uh, do day-to-day changes right. to the parks. Mm-hmm. So if they're putting out a new food kiosk and they need a sign, they don't have to go to Imagineering okay. and say, hey, we need a sign for a $5 hot dog because we're raising our prices. They the, would do that. They just so do that they, in-house. they're doing that. Okay. Yeah, so over time they want to do more and more, and they did these overlays, and it's pretty impressive. Do the in-house people want more stuff to do in-house? Do they kind of resent when it moves to Imagineering mean, or something like that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I never worked with those people. Okay. I never got involved on the SQS end. Okay. I was uh, I was in environmental design and engineering, mm-hmm. so I did the preliminary designs for the projects, uh, mainly Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So I never really worked with anyone inside the park. So okay, but you know the research that uh, I know that there's a lot of angst between those two groups at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can total, I could see it. That's why I yeah, I, that would be my assumption. And there's a lot of stepping on feet. Uh, but at the same time, they they have a great working relationship, and they do great to get work together. They do. There are exceptions yeah. to that rule, yeah. like Birthday Cake Castle. Birthday Cake Castle? What is you that? guys don't know this? No. Um, <laughs> Bev, Bev got really excited. Yeah, I'm curious because I love castles <laughs> have, and birthday cakes. Have fun Googling an image search for it. <laughs> oh, that's going to happen so right now. <laughs> in Disney World for the 25th, I think it was, anniversary, 
they somebody somebody in the parks had a great idea to dress up the castle as a giant birthday cake. Okay. And they did this by basically covering it with a giant inflatable bouncy house. Oh. Boo. oh and Imagineering no. said, "No, we are not doing this." And there was tons of arguments, tons of events that would happen. We are totally not doing this. Yeah. And Parks won that one, and the castle got built, and it was terrible. And oh. it's one of those legendary things with Imagineering that's when a bad idea goes bad. Everybody who's um, listening to this right now is Googling it. All this I'm getting horrible. are cakes <laughs> that are birthday cake, like cakes that are that castles. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Stupid Bing. <laughs> I hate Bing. It's pretty bad. So another another thing that they did is... Oh, wait. Hang on. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Here's it's one. It's horrible. <laughs> looking at it right now. I'm bringing it right up. Oh, my Holy God. God. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. I'll, I'll link it to the, to, this, to the blog. I'll probably steal it. Wow. From it me. looks oh. like... It looks like something out of... Um, oh, come on. Um... It looks like, no, it looks like it's sort Russia. Worse. Yeah. It does look like a Russian. No, the, um, um, uh, Fix It Felix movie. The. Mm. Wreck It oh, Ralph. Uh, yeah, Wreck It Ralph. It looks yeah. like something it out of like Candyland from Wreck It Ralph. Like Fenelope. Yeah, it looks like Candyland. Sugar Rush. There you go. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> that is so bad. Wow. Wow, it's amazing though, and I want to eat it. <laughs> it's amazing that someone like looked back and was like, you know, when the final thing, when the final touch got put, they go, it looks yeah, perfect. Well, that's the thing it. is too, once you've gone that far, you kind of got to stick with your guns. I yeah. guess that's true. Yeah. Someone's wow. job was probably writing on that they decision. Went for it. Yeah. Um, it totally uh, looks inflatable though. Like God bless him. Shinzy. Then yeah. that's not the worst thing. And a lot, of, luckily, a lot of these stories come from Disney World. Um, because Disneyland works a little bit closer with Imagineering. Mm-hmm. Um, another great one is that magic wand that they put over Epcot for Epcot's, I don't know what year it was, but there was some year anniversary that they did. And the sorcerer's hat that they put at the end of Hollywood Studios. Both of those things were there for years after. And they just got taken down, I think, last year, right? Right. And there was, everyone was real sad about it. I mean, I'll um, I, I don't know why they were sad. Uh, <laughs> Imagineering hated those from the second they went up, and they were never. They never, from Imagineering's point of view, they should have never gone up. They interfere with the sight lines. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at Hollywood Studios, your sight line is the Chinese theater at the end. Mm-hmm. That is your castle. Yeah. yeah. Imagine putting a big giant sorcerer's hat <laughs> in in the hub. At Disneyland, you know, people would flip out. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's exactly what they did to Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. and then people were okay with it, and honestly, it grew on people, which is great. And I mean, it, they're building it for the guests, so that's fine. But you know, from Imagineering's perspective, they're delivering a fine product, and they want to maintain the integrity of that product. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like the the big ball. Like that's yeah, Epcot. Epcot. You don't need to have a, a wand. Well, and it then screws a, and then up the scale of everything. Epcot, like yeah. it's the big ball. It's a, it's a big ball. Spaceship Earth. It's no. a geodesic sphere, actually. It's a big ball. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually it's not a, a geodesic sphere. No, you're right. It is, it is a ride, but I'm always just... <laughs> looks like a big golf ball. We're me. going in 18, right? You're coming with. The, the account has been made. All right. The money has, so we're going to ride that ride. The money has been transferred that is, and then transferred back into my checking account because I needed it. <laughs> Oh. So we'll start over. Perfect. We'll see if you get there. <laughs> that was one of my favorite rides in Epcot. Hey, I love that. I think Spaceship Earth is a towering achievement of an attraction, honestly. And I love that attraction. It needs some love right now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. even today, it delivers an 
outstanding message and is so well built. So. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I that think was it's the great. one with the video at the end, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's the bad part. <laughs> no, I, thought I liked it. I liked it too. <laughs> it's so bad. We, we wrote it like the third time, like videos. Yeah. This is amazing. But it can't send you the. Does it send you the video? I forget. No. See, no. It that just would be you a better. Photo or something. That would be much better if you yeah. could send you the video, so I could put it online. Yeah. I think more people <laughs> would dig it. I think they used to at one point. Oh wait, no, it can. You have to go in down into the uh, into the lobby. Afterwards, oh, yeah, that's and then right. there's consoles, and you can actually get your video sent to you from there. Yeah, so yeah, you can definitely you can definitely get those. Cool. I that's the, right because it was there was already a big line, and we just never did yeah. it. Yeah, I think for a while, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, at uh, at Disneyland actually, in Innoventions on the second floor, they had the Simmons uh, Center basically, mm-hmm. and they actually had that video, and you could do it in a booth. And they take your picture in the booth, and then you would choose the oh. answers, and you would get the video the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think you're right. It's the same video, <laughs> just not on a ride. So, which is always better because on the ride you're backing down the thing, and then you're filling in all the questions. Yeah, it's so like it, it's kind of cool. What happened on that attraction is they built it, and they built all the scenes going up, and then they had to go back down. <laughs> And they realized they were kind of out of space because they didn't want a big ball. So their solution was, okay, we'll, we'll tip you very far and we'll have you go down backwards, which is the only reason the, that ride has to – that the only reason the, those cars turn backwards is because that slope's so steep. And the only reason that, steep, that slope is so steep is because that building is a sphere. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how all these things happened. There was a time when they tried to put in show sets during that going down sequence. Ooh. But it was so narrow and everything was so forced that it didn't really work out. And then they tried a light show for a bit. And they went back to show sets <laughs> and a light show. And they went, screw it. We'll just put computers into the cars and everyone can use that. <laughs> and that's kind of where they are now. So I think it works. What's the parking structure story? Which parking structure? I don't know. Just says the parking structure story. Oh, um, so Imagineering goes into a lot of details and stuff when they're planning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I can imagine in the Disneyland parking lot. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it. That's what Walt would do. Do you want to? Do you want to elaborate on that? No. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Just oh. dropping the dumb joke. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. This is why the puns. Like, I know. I just want to. I just want to see it. I just oh. want to see it play out. So. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, basically, uh, so Disney works, so the parking structure at Disneyland is one of the biggest parking structures in the world. Um, it is an, it is actually an engineering marvel for what it is. Uh, and it's surprising that it's not talked about more, even though it's just a parking structure. <laughs> and that's probably why. But if you think about it, they had to work with Caltrans to get a dedicated off-ramp that people would basically mm-hmm. drive into and people would take that off ramp it would fly over the street and then it dumps you straight into the parking structure so that takes a lot because now you're saying to people who are on the freeway this is the Disneyland exit and this exit's going to take you to a turnstile not a road mm-hmm. you know which is kind of interesting and it's never been done before so they had to do a lot of research for Kyle's Trans and stuff like that and one of the things they did was a restart or a research program where um, they took a took a bunch of flags, like swimming flags, if anyone swims, and hung those over the parking lot for people driving in before the turnstiles at Disneyland gates, before the parking lot was constructed. Mm-hmm. And they tried it at 20 feet, and then they 
they radared everyone driving in. And then they tried it at 15 feet, and they radared everyone that was coming in. And they tried it at 10 feet and radared everyone that was coming in. And they figured out what the height of the floors would need to be to make sure that people would drive off the freeway ramp at a speed that wouldn't slow down the freeway. Huh. And that was about a six-month research program. They actually Jeez. published those results, and I don't know where they are, but it's a white paper that Caltrans actually used, and Caltrans now uses that as a minimum clearance on off-ramps. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Kind of random. That's yeah. Crazy. A lot of random research that yeah. went into that. <laughs> but Imagineering took it upon themselves to do that. Caltrans didn't even ask for it. So huh. just kind of goes to show. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. I think uh, I think we covered a lot here. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we did <laughs> good, man. I wish we had like three more hours. <laughs> yeah, we're already at like an hour and forty. Yeah. Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time's flying, man. Yeah. Time's flying. We have to have you back. Yeah. Of course. I'm here. All right. I'm just. I'm here. I'm, you just tell me what you <laughs> I just, want. I just got all the stories. I'll man. just it's fine. Yeah. Everyone in the chat absolutely loves you. Thank you. By the way. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's so nice true. to be able to get this real behind the scenes perspective like it's just i was i said something yeah. in the chat earlier about how i kind of just want to just sit back and listen one thing is you have don't to really make want to be involved well one, we're recording it so you can listen back <laughs> one thing i want to say is that uh everything i'm saying even it comes from my personal experience and because of that it has my point of view mm-hmm. uh highlighting it so mm-hmm. don't take everything as a hard fact and it's also coming from my memory right and it's right. five years ago so there might be some numbers that I threw in somewhere that might be a little bit off or something like that, or it might just be a ballpark. So don't you take jerk. me too literally <laughs> on anything. He doesn't anything. want all the hate mail. Yeah. Right. You can send that to Bev and I'm a, at earsup.podcast.com. And I'm an annual pass holder still. You know, I enjoy the park. Hey, uh, so are we. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys got it again? Oh, yeah. Did you get it when you went down for the New Year's? Yeah. Yeah, I figured that was what was going to happen. You, did you buy a ticket? It was not, yeah. And then yeah. go, you know what? This is a bad idea. Well, because we forgot. We forgot. <laughs> We forgot that we're going to be there for the 100th, we're going to be there for D23, and we're and doing, we're, a race. And and we're we're doing a the race. So we're going to be down there at least three more times, seeing like idiots. It this just is, made sense. So financially, it made more sense for them. To yeah. This is the pass. path that leads to buying that super premium pass the year that you're going to go to Disney World. I know. We, we thought about that, too. We looked at oh. it the first time we went, and we'll probably look at it again, That's because expensive. it's really expensive. <laughs> but, um, it didn't make sense for us. It didn't make no because if, if we had been there an extra day... It would have been like even or something yeah. like that. What I found is it might make sense for one person to buy it mm-hmm. and the other person not to, depending on where you're eating. Oh, for discounts? Yeah, so look into that. Hmm. Yeah, just a little interesting piece of note. If we buy it, I'm going to buy it. Their discounts aren't as good as Disneyland's. You don't get like... No, they're not. You don't get carpet blanket at every restaurant. It's only certain restaurants. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, they also have another discount restaurant program called like... Dinners in Wonderland or something like that. Hmm. And that's like a standalone program that you buy into. So kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, you guys want to do some Disney news real fast? I, I, I pared it down to three stories because uh, I think they uh, two stories at least make sense for this show, and then one is just fun. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do it. I like fun. <laughs> and cake. I super want cake right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, stay tuned for today's nope. Toontown Top Headlines. Oh. That's the wrong one. Ooh. I was like, oh. What is was that? Was that new? No. March that was in the past. This is the one. Present and future with all the news <laughs> that's fit to cover. It's the years of Disney news. But that's even the wrong one. Because where did it go? Intra- oh, it no bad. Those news the, music uh, only. There it is. <laughs> I'm such a mess, dude. I thought I had all this all under control. Those both sounded appropriate, though. 
They uh, they definitely are. I just need the bed right here. All right. <clears throat> Uh, apparently, Disney wants to make theme park rides controlled by your emotions. Huh? That sounds terrifying. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it just looks really weird. Um, <laughs> they filed a, they filed a, f- a patent for theme park rides that can be controlled by your emotions, titled "Sensing and Managing Vehicle Behavior Based on Occupant Awareness." The patent seeks to develop technology which can read the facial expressions of riders, determining their emotions and customizing the experience around those emotions. And it's funny, there's like a figure. You've gone that right, sobbing every time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a figure four A and B, and I don't understand what it is, but like figure. 4A, he's like on the right path, and the guy's looking down, and there's like a skeleton. And then in the second figure, there's a he's riding down, and there's like a elf, like a like a sexy elf leaning against a toadstool. And it's like, what do you have to be doing to get that one? Like, why? I don't know. Whatever. I can tell you. <laughs> um, your vehicle may suddenly speed up or start spinning like crazy if you're bored, a little too excited, then your vehicle could ease up a little bit because imagine the utopia of a theme park with zero vomit. I don't know. This is from the uh, Independent, which is a, a great rag. Uh, the technology—it's fake news. The technology would allow ride uh, rides to adjust show content appropriate for preteens, teenagers, or adults. What? That's where it is. That's where it is. So you yeah. have one ride themed for three different segments. Yeah. So based on the car, they can retarget the ride to fit the audience, basically. Okay. Interesting. Or for thrill-seeking and non-thrill-seeking passengers. The control system may also operate the vehicle to address or even solve, in some cases, motion sickness issues for passengers uh, by adjusting speed or movement patterns. Uh, crazy. Uh, the patent is, uh, describes changes to the ride experience could also be made according to previously filled out questionnaires in which the guests would lay out their expectations for their visit. Um, neat. Sounds cool. What was that last bit? That's interesting. Um, Disneyland can, is already installing technology? Uh, with Disneyland already installing technology that can identify individual riders through the use of magic bands. That's not right. No, it's that's Disney World. Yeah. You gotta, people get this wrong a lot, man. I have one for the Secret Show uh, that's just blatantly wrong. <laughs> it's super wrong by Bravo. It's like, what are you guys doing? Dude? So what's interesting is this is a technology that they've been working on for years, actually. Okay. Um, they've always been trying to figure out ways to target attractions better to the people on the ride. Um, a great example of this is back in the day in Inventions, there was this ride-through attraction, and I don't. It was, I think, it was another Simmons attraction where everyone filled out a questionnaire. I think before the attraction, and then uh, you got on it, and based on everyone's answers, it gave a different uh, types of events, hmm. and it was kind of that same idea of that Simmons video at the end, based off of what you want, that's what you got. Um, They've always found that that doesn't really work because people don't really know what they want. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they've they been trying to figure out ways to kind of get people what they want. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, because they kind of do that on that, the I don't know what it's called, the race car The ride. Chevy test track? Yeah. yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's not really giving you what you want, but like it, it seems like that similar technology where you're filling where something out. Where you do out stuff pre to the, cause in, in that one you're building your own car. That's right. a, ma- right. that's yeah. a magic band tech. So what they've done is yeah. they've, uh, they, you load in onto your magic band what your, uh, 
vehicle is and then based on your magic band when you walk away and you get closer to the vehicle it gives you those results because they know which magic bands are in the car um and you know you're testing out the different cars against each other to see who's performed better yeah Uh, any any tips on hacking that to win every time (laughs) it's it's totally broken you go for speed and and performance you don't go for environmental concerns at all no why would you because it's built by Chevy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, Disney recalls 3,000 Mickey Mouse nightlights due to fire hazard. And they said on Thursday we'll recall all these uh, deals. They said it involves nightlights with a Mickey Mouse face and a red and white Santa hat filled with liquid and glitter. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they said in a release, liquid from the nightlight can leak out onto the electrical outlet, posing a fire hazard. The company has received two reports of incidents, including one electrical fire. No injuries have been reported. Consumers were urged to immediately stop using the nightlights. And co- of course, do you really need to write that? Well, but... CNBC, it's, fake news. It's not holidays. <laughs> yeah, also, why are you using it? Yeah. Yeah, it's February. It's pretty much... Mickey should have a heart you're on done. his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's one I found interesting. Um, apparently, it's it's titled, The Strange Story of How Walt Disney Banished Rasputin's Ghost from Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. And uh, it's kind of a, a long, weird blog. Um, oh, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but apparently, let's see, Walt Disney first began mulling over concepts for the Haunted Mansion in the 50s, enlisting many of his favorite artists to help bring the project to reality. Initially, the attraction was designed with storylines that would have featured the ghosts of famous historical characters like Jack the Ripper, Guy Fox, Ivan the Terrible, and more. I've never heard that, but, uh, you know, I don't know enough about it to, to be wrong, so... Whatever. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, Mark Davis decided that uh, Rasputin, this mean the unkillable Russian mystic, would make a fabulously frightening phantom. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so Davis began to draw up a bunch of uh, weird portraits of Rasputin, capitalizing on his hypnotic eyes by designing a painting that would gradually morph into an eerie, all-seeing eyeball. Jeez. And it has like, uh, here, check these out. If you yeah, that's pretty see. crazy. It looks weird, right? I don't Karen, like that. Yeah. Just the, the first photo kind of reminds me of that, uh, the painting from Ghostbusters. Oh, oh um, yeah. Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Two. yeah. Sorry. What was his name? It's Vlad. The Carpathian. It was Vlad, was, was right? Zool? Vlad the Zool. 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 No, no, no. That's from the first Ghostbusters one. Ghostbusters 2. Uh, Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo. Vigo. That's a Yes. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, uh, great. What? I like what? Ghostbusters, comma, also. Oh, okay. That's yeah. fine. I like Ghostbusters 2. The number. Really? I do. I do, too, actually. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, this creepy concept was well-received by the other Imagineers, but apparently Walt Disney rejected it. As it turns out, Disney wasn't frightened by the idea of having uh, Rasputin take up residence as a ghost in the Haunted Mansion. Um, anyway, uh, but he just didn't want to be sued, apparently. Hmm. Um, at the time, Rasputin had only been dead for a little over three decades, and as such, still had plenty of living relatives with their family members' yeah. well-publicized death. Still fresh in their minds, to have used Rasputin in the Haunted Mansion would be an invitation for legal trouble, apparently. Uh, in the end, he scrapped the idea of using famous figures in the Haunted Mansion completely, though the echoes of the original concept still linger in the attraction. Those who pay close attention can even spot many of these original figures reworked as the, quote, Sinister Eleven. I think some of this is Disney World. Uh, because I'm looking at these photos and I don't recognize kind of a lot of these people. Um, 
They've been regula- uh, relegated to the load-in area of the mansion uh, with plain old... So, yeah, I, I think this is mostly Disney World. Um, Rasputin was infamously hard to kill, blah, blah, blah. I really need to do a better job of paring this stuff down. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Mark Davis had Rasputin's portrait altered, graying the hair, tweaking the nose, and renaming the piece the Ogre before sending it off to the Honda Mansion, where it hangs to this day. With a slight disguise, the Russian mystic still ended up as a ghost in the haunted mansion after all. So, that's what he looks like. Now, but that's—I don't think I've ever seen that Disney photo. Disney World, right? Yeah, about, yeah it's Disney they World. Should I think. Be more clear about. That. I agree, <laughs> totally agree. But so, I thought that was cool, and I don't know if you had a comment. Yeah. On that or so not. Uh, earlier, I talked about how blue sky ideas—they often get shelved and they cut, come back, mm-hmm. and then a lot of ideas are kind of combined together. There's a lot of also uh, ideas that are kind of common. So someone might come up with the idea for Haunted Mansion, and someone else might come up for an idea with, for another Haunted Mansion. And those will both be put in the drawer, and they might take ideas from some. Um, you're the Haunted Mansion expert, I thought. So, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, but uh, anyway, so Haunted Mansion was very unique. Uh, it's a very unique attraction in itself because it's one of the only ones that doesn't really have a story. Hmm. Uh, when you're on the ride, it's a hodgepodge of events. One thing you might have noticed is you have rooms that are very well drawn out, very well contained, have a lot of detail, followed by a room that has a very open wall that's just kind of endless. For example, you have the station with that blue wall that kind of is out there. It's very abstract. And then you have a hallway that's very well defined. And then you have Madame Leota's room, which is, again, very abstract. Mm -hmm. The reason that is is there was actually two Imagineers who came up with that attraction at the same time. And Walt took both of their ideas and kind of threw them together to get one attraction. He took what he liked from each other and threw them in. My bad. Pretend that didn't happen. So um, you always have random sound effects going off when I'm on your interview. Um, so uh, Haunted Mansion also has had a very long development, just like that was saying. And because of that, there was a lot of different ideas that popped in. And since no one really knows the story, there's a lot of thought on what the actual story is. And again, each Haunted Mansion, each park is different and tells a slightly different story, Mm -hmm. and they're very different. So those get confused as well. Uh, Disneyland's classic story is the the killer bride. Uh Uh-huh. So Mm -hmm. she's the one who kills all all the grooms and puts her head in the... Hatbox ghost and all that. So, which is really amazing. Yeah, pretty dark for for Disney, yeah. honestly. Um, so that's kind of Disneyland's story, and it's interesting because it's it's not very clear on the ride, and it's from those hodgepodge events, and it's not told very well. And the reason is because it's just from all those different blue sky sessions. So, it's almost like too many cooks in the kitchen. Kind it, of. Thing. It kind of was that, but at the end, it came out with that great attraction, so it yeah. worked. Walt had that overarching mind and eye to kind of see it and find something that that worked at the end. So okay, yeah. So, cool. so I don't want to pull you back into another long. No, thing, it's okay. But, um, <laughs> but give me the history of the <laughs> Allen wrench <laughs> and go. Yeah. No, um, but as an Imagineer, like. Does everybody have access to those drawers where things are hidden away? Like, no. can you pull ideas and no. be like, build on them? No. No. That's too bad. They might give you, I, I don't think they usually even give you those when you go into Blue Skies. So. No. Yeah. They might give you some background based on who if you have a task. Does? So what's it for then? Why keep them? Like, who do, who does have access to those? Those two people. Just those two guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, some other, the, the portfolio managers do too. So each park has a portfolio manager. Um, so, um, 
uh, Tony Baxter was a portfolio manager of Disneyland for the last 15 years until like two or, until he retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so his he basically had the end say on what happens at Disneyland from Imagineering's perspective. Okay. And he was in charge of any build-out or development within Disneyland. So he kind of has an idea, and he can kind of go in there and be like, I'm looking for this. Can you help me find this? See, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. We did have a question come through in the chat about Star Tours and Star Wars Land. Okay. Once Star Wars Land opens, I imagine they're still going to keep Star Tours in Tomorrowland. They're not going to do anything with it, right? Yeah. But... Because uh, right now Tomorrowland's pretty much ninety percent Star Wars. Um, I don't. Yeah, Tomorrowland is I mean, is really, no. I mean, you have Hyperspace Mountain, you yeah. have Star Tours, you have Seasons of the Force, you yeah. have whatever the heck Innoventions is called. <laughs> you have Jedi Training Academy. Yeah. 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 Did they put Finding Nemo yet with Star Wars? No, lightsabers? but they should. It would make Finding Nemo think, much better. I think I think Dory should have a lightsaber everywhere. And, they should, <laughs> and then she, she should forget that it's on and look at it. And oh, then, yeah. yes. No more Dory. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, wow. Sushi. And you know that you can drive the Autopia cars with the Force. So you don't have to steer. Yes, I know, I know. You just use the force. Oh, look, every time yeah. I'm forced to go on that ride, there's literally no steering that ever happens. <laughs> just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Let's not pull on that frozen now, too. Um, But I mean, it's still going to be there, but yeah, I think they're not going to move Star Tours. There's a lot of reasons why it would be a bad idea to move Star Tours. Um, From a practical perspective, it's expensive for one. Mm -hmm. Those are very old military simulators that are, uh, that aren't very robust anymore. And, I think that if they were to move them and reinstall them, there would need to be so much additional equipment and so much additional stuff that would need to be installed with it for the new codes and stuff like that. Okay. That it might actually not make that attraction so great. Right. Um, you know, one of the great things about that ride that makes it really unique is that VR simulator is sitting uh, in a room kind of floating in the center of it when you board it. Mm-hmm. So they have a bridge that they drop down, right? And you walk across the bridge and then they raise the bridge back up. But, you know, if we're looking at 2016 and safety ratings and building that type of bridge and that type oh. of system and the redundancies that would need to be put in place, mm-hmm. it might break that attraction, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that the current one's not safe. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, but it's just, you know, there's there's new codes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they balance out Star Wars when they build Star Wars Land, especially with that attraction there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Star Wars Land was originally intended to be built in Tomorrowland, and it was going to be that way for years. They even had Imagineering doing designs for the uh, Star Wars Land in Tomorrowland, and then eventually they re- they wanted to they had the capacity issue where they realized that they'd be cutting out too much of that theoretical hourly capacity ridership mm-hmm. and they'd be losing too many attractions during the construction. So they decided to move it out there instead. That also brings you to the question of, well, now what do we do with Tomorrowland? Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Do you think it'll ever merge? Bring back the people mover. What do you mean merge? I, I don't really. I've. Uh, do you mean Star Tours move over there? No. 
full disclosure, I have no concept of space or directions. <laughs> They're so I don't literally actually on know the where opposite, opposite side. side of okay. The yeah. Well, then. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's so like the up here is and no. over here. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. Got it, guys. Got it. Big Thunder Mountain. Like, because in my Ben's brain. I've never been to Disneyland. No, I yeah, have. I but it's, it's, no, I have. Do you have Paradise Pier in Star, Shut in Star up. Wars Land? What are, your, what are your minimum qualifications <laughs> no. for being Stop. on the show? No, it's just show up. Yeah. Actually, I don't even need to show no, up. Just be alive. It's a sickness because in my mind, like behind an invention, that's where they're doing the construction. No. Like, no. No, you're, I, just, you're just not oriented properly. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so not yeah. oriented. So when you're on when you're on Thunder it's, Mountain, it's when you're on Thunder Mountain, you can you can see what they're doing. That's yeah, how far. Right. Yeah. But you don't even know where Thunder <laughs> but Mountain I, is. But I, I, I can see Thunder Mountain, but mm-hmm. as well, far as like where Thunder Man- Mountain pull, is pull in, re- map in relation on your computer. To um, <laughs> no, that's too easy. I know, it's, but it's not going to change the fact that in my brain, like I can't. Okay, you know where Haunted Mansion is. You know how far that is from Tomorrowland. What? It, what it, in your mind? What is the farthest ride from Tomorrowland? <laughs> yeah. What in your mind is farthest away from Tomorrowland? Yeah, I'd like to know. Jupiter. <laughs> uh, the farthest ride in from Disneyland. Tomorrow. Let me think of where Tomorrowland. So th- this is the thing. I- <laughs> Here. I have no sense. I don't want to look at a map that's cheating. No, no, yeah, let, her, let her try to let her try to she can't get it. She's getting further and further away. I know. Do you think Concord, California is ever going to merge with uh, Star Wars Land? They're right by each other. I have no sense of direction. Get in the car. Driving wake up. I'm at Disneyland. Look, if you want to have away. an interesting conversation, talk to Sam about driving with me ever anywhere. No, don't do it. It's ter- okay, terrible. So wait. So wait. Okay. So what, what is the question again? The what is the farthest ride, ride from Tomorrowland in your in your mind? <laughs> okay. Wait. So in Disney. Disneyland, not a California Adventure ride. Although that will, yeah, she might say a California Adventure ride. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just throw one out there. Pick a ride. Yeah. Like, think about how far you I'm had to thinking, walk. So I feel like we need you're standing at Space like Mountain. Really hidden, but that's like right over there. So no, Winnie the Winnie the Pooh. There's a good guess because it's some critter Wait, country. She was just saying she thought it was right over there. No, but she. But she was right. right let, let her do it. Let, let Beverly do this. Yes. Everybody, let Beverly do this. Apologize. I'm sorry. Just trying to help out my friend. I really can't because I. I you're standing at Space Mountain. People want okay. to walk to this ride, and you're saying, "Hell no, that right. is way that too, too far, far away." Well, that would what? be the Magic Eye Theater for her. Because <laughs> <But>? like, <laughs> you've definitely said it before. I've I've heard that exact. Because when I'm there, I understand, but like thinking uh, about it in my head, like it doesn't make sense to me. Ah, uh, okay. Can we just stop? You make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. You're judging me, and <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I can't. Winnie the Pooh would have been the correct answer. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> right, that was do, my answer. That was a good answer. Let's do the fact of the show. We're going to have here. Uh, Indiana Jones has several special effects that have never worked since opening day. One popular one was that after seeing Mara, the Eye of Mara, uh, your vehicle will be floating on a cloud before landing on the steps in front of Indy. Unfortunately, Disney could never tame the fog machines in a way that actually worked, which seems like a lot of the backstory to that ride. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, this has been the Ears Up podcast. Uh, Kyle, thanks very much, dude, for coming in yeah, and doing thanks, all man. the basically hey. all the show work. Thanks yeah, for having that me. that was amazing. It's our second show in a row. We haven't really had to do any prep, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I love it this way. I thought way. about it keep earlier today. I was like, was I supposed to do any? Nope. Nope.com. <laughs> anyway, everybody, uh, catch us on Facebook and Twitter and all the places, and uh, find us on Patreon. Become a Patreon supporter. You get some cool stuff. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, thanks. See you in the parks. Bye.